You are watching Red Buddies Podcast. What is this? Sir? Episode 10? 10? Episode 10, I think. It so. feels like episode 10, yeah. yeah. It's been a long time. Two and we've, a half. Hit, we've hit double digits. Two and a half months. We were just talking about that earlier. Like, I didn't actually register before you yeah. said anything, but we've been doing this for two and a half months. You said yeah. two months, and I was like, it doesn't feel like two months. Two and, two and a half months, It yeah. really doesn't. It feels like this is like our third or fourth, like week doing this or something exactly um but yeah anyways welcome uh, to the podcast i'm urshad Vora. i'm joined by co-host zuriya hamza and today we have uh we have a very special guest daniel khan thank you for having me uh it's a pleasure having you and um this is like a change of pace a little bit because you're one of our first guests that like knows something about things yeah like, <laughs> like, like so far we've only had uh Basically, our friends. Omer kind of knew new things. Yeah. Omer knew things. Um, but, like, all of our other guests are just, like, basically our friends. And we have them on, and it's just, like, yeah. we're just talking about things, and we're, like, we don't know anything. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I'm sure there's, like, some value to that, for sure. Yeah, and and at the end of the day, it's, like, we, we don't, we don't like, claim to know anything, and we're just, we just we, have fun conversations. But... The most important thing is that you're having fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And these are a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, Donna, you were you were telling us earlier that um, you graduated from St. Peter's University. That's where you got your undergrad in mm-hmm. psychology. Mm-hmm. And you got your master's from Rutgers in, in social work. Yeah. And uh, also I know, well, you've done a lot of work for Ichner Relief. Yeah. And just recently, actually, the way we got in touch was you, there was a suicide awareness week yeah. uh, post that you made. And I replied to it, and then you replied to my response yeah. to it, and then we kind of uh, got in touch. Um, but yeah, so ICNA, ICNA Relief and Suicide Awareness Week, uh, there was a pretty good response to that, right? Yeah, so um, the Suicide Awareness Week thing that we did was very last minute. Um, so I'm in charge of Muslim Family Services, one of the departments of ICNA Relief. I'm in charge of it nationally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm it's the youngest department. There's like a few services that fall under it, one of it being counseling, right? So I, I like to focus on back-end stuff. Like, I like to focus on efficiency, procedures, protocol, right? But then there's, like, the, the I guess, the community side of it, which is, like, webinars, uh, campaigns, right, mm-hmm. events. Mm-hmm. So one of my staff members reached out to me, and he informed me that it's going to be Suicide Awareness Week soon. We should do something. We're one of the leading organizations that, you know, provide this kind of service to the community, we should, you know, it's a good opportunity to raise awareness of our services because what makes it really different than other organizations is that we don't charge for any of our services. Mm-hmm. Like there isn't a sliding scale fee or anything like that. So if a client's eligible for counseling services, they don't pay a dime, which mm-hmm. is like unheard of for the most part, right? Mm-hmm. There are exceptions there, but you know, like, and it's not even like, oh, you're, you're not paying. So you're probably getting bad service right now. Right. Like we have a standard licensed professionals, licensed practitioners. So it's like, you're getting quality service. Right. So um, I reached out, to, uh, I had that conversation with my coworker and we decided to go for a campaign. Um, suicide, like the topic itself is very personal to me. So I was mm-hmm. like, you know what, let's actually see how, how much we can go about it. So we decided to create a post and a small little hashtag campaign, which is like, you're going to, all you have to do is just take a picture of yourself, like writing a post on any piece of paper, just saying hashtag you matter, hashtag ignore relief, hashtag suicide awareness month, mm-hmm. right? Um, but then I realized, you know, I'm going to take a, I'm going to, add an extra push. So I created a video just recording myself. I'm not really confident when it comes to like uh, speaking in front of a camera. So I was just like, you know what, let me just let me just see how it goes. So I didn't, I didn't expect anything. I didn't expect much of it 
right? But subhanAllah, out of nowhere, like all my friends and people who I don't know, like I didn't even know YouTube before, right? right? So it, it just got shared around. And the next thing I know, people are doing, you know, like um, people were giving their thoughts on it, which was amazing, right? Because in the video, I think I mentioned that even if we can like help one person, mm-hmm. then that's a win. And subhanAllah, right. as a response that so many people reached out to Ikhna Relief and me privately about like their battles with suicide or their friends struggling with it or their experiences with it and just general genuine appreciation and also like um like just curious on how can we address it right so more than i think two of our counseling offices saw an influx of suicidal clients new jersey included after the after After that yeah and um and there were a lot of people who were like you know like what what was the point of this right it was always just Mm -hmm. a post but this was this exactly was it right? And I think right. also like um, Arshad, you posted on your story about yeah. you know, like how this is important stuff like that. But at the same time, it's like it's it. We need to. We shouldn't generalize it. We should try to make it more personal, right? Uh-huh. And th- and then I responded to Arshad saying that you know like you're doing exactly that, right? Mm-hmm. Like I when I made that video, like I didn't like see myself as like some public speaker or anything. I just mm-hmm. saw myself as someone who has a group of friends that he knows, right? Sure. Who's an individual part of a community of New Jersey, right? Who is just going to make this video and hopefully. If one of my friends is struggling, right, that I'm not aware of, yeah. that they benefit from it, right? right? And if they share it and it's their, you know, just kind of like grow yeah. and grow and grow it. And that's exactly what happened, right? Yeah. So it wasn't like an amazing thing, but it definitely helped people, which was like the goal of it. Sure. So I would count it as a success for sure. For sure. And it was the first time, I mean, like a, a bunch of our friends too, I would say, yeah. made posts. It was the first time I had seen such widespread amongst the Muslim community. Exactly, yeah. Like... Like, I don't, I don't usually, like, uh, my friends and I, we don't usually post stuff, right? But, like, I saw it on our mutuals, like, this, just this, like, video trend going around. And, like, yeah. it's, most of the time, it's just people saying, like, oh, here's, like, the latest, like, basketball score. Like, here's the newest video game. Or here's something I ate for lunch. Mm-hmm. But, like, this is the first time you really saw, like, a unified community effort. Yeah. Also, something really close to home. Like, it was our yeah. friends. It yeah. was some random people. Like, people we knew yeah. making personalized videos. I think that was, like, really powerful. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, and that was basically the essence of it. was people you knew, yeah. like, familiar faces, like yeah. we talked about, making these videos, mm-hmm. which was, like, really, really impactful. Yeah. And nobody... So, when I posted it, people... People responded. Nobody reached out in the sense of, like, um, hey, I'm going through this problem. Yeah. Um, uh, could you help me with it? Yeah. Uh, but people did, people did respond and, and say, thank you for making this. This is, you know, and then I had like a good conversation with many people. And even if at the end of the day, nobody sh- like directly reached out to me and I yeah. directly was, you know, some source of good for them. Yeah. Like that somebody who was going through some depression or some yeah. suicidal thoughts or whatever it might've been, yeah. it was still really beneficial yeah. because the conversation was, happening among so many people exactly and the idea behind it for me was when i was thinking about what how exactly did i want to go about this because usually whenever any islamic nonprofit or in general like any organization thinks about creating a trend or something like that they think about okay i need to get an influential person to participate in it because then that person is going to make it gain traction whatever increase viewership i when i when i shared so i i i was sharing the flyer and the hashtag to, to all my like social media to all my groups like mm-hmm. that i'm part of whatsapp facebook mm-hmm. instagram and even like privately texting people like my friends and stuff mm-hmm. i told them it's like the the intention is not to raise money right. at all right the intention is not to make this popular right. the intention is just to 
you know, hopefully normalize this conversation, right, within our community, right? Because we're so scared to talk about certain things. We're so like, you know, it's intimidating. It's a scary topic, you know, like, and I, I think I mentioned in the video that I, I posted that, yeah, I did, um, that there's a lot of issues the Muslim community is facing and Hamda Hamda where the Muslim community is getting to a place where we can start talking about mental health. But suicide is like one of those topics that we're still so uncomfortable talking yeah, about yeah, because it's sure. so raw and it's really scary if you think about it, right? Yeah. Like how, how it comes with, it has its weight for sure. So can we have that conversation or at the very least just tell people that hey you know i might not have experience i might not have the skills needed to help you but at the very least i'm willing to provide that like as you put it the warmth right yeah. that's that you may need and if we can just share that you know like even if there isn't like you know any monetary like value or yeah. any monetary like you know accomplishment like if i look at a number it's like oh 100,000 views whatever no yeah. Even if one person could just be like, oh, you know, I appreciate that. Thank yeah. you. That's it. That, that's it. You, we did what we needed to do. Right, exactly. Yeah. And, and also the nature of some of those, like like you said, sometimes when people have movements like these or make posts like this, they'll try to get someone really influential yeah. that um, that says something about it. Yeah. And those are always, they seem so ingenuous. Yeah. And that's why, like, mm -hmm. this yeah. was especially powerful yeah. because it was your friend. Like, what was that thing? When Corona started, I don't know if you caught this, but the celebrities, like, yeah, yeah, I saw it, and yeah. they got oh gunned down for yeah. it, and they should have gotten gunned yeah, down for yeah. it because it was so they were so out of touch yeah. with yeah, out of touch is the right word. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I get the intentions behind it, but then the problem with stuff like that is, especially in our society where you know it's like you know we were going through a pandemic, right? Yeah. When more privileged people were telling people who are underprivileged or yeah. you know struggling that you know it's okay or whatever. Yeah. It's kind of hard to like yeah. listen to that. It's like, don't you have a pool in your back? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh my God. people were losing jobs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Why? And it's it's it wasn't a good time. It was it was distasteful to try something like that. The intentions obviously is commendable, yeah, yeah, yeah. but intentions great. can only take you so far. Exactly, exactly. Um, so you mentioned how like um, this the suicide awareness thing. It was um, you made the post, but you made it through Ikna Relief. Yeah. So is I've never really heard of. There's a lot of other. I was gonna say Islamic relief organizations, but Islamic Islamic relief is an organization. Yeah. There's a lot of other organizations yeah. like that. I've yeah. never seen. Yeah. From other organizations like this, you know, we have like there's a bunch. Yeah. Um, Ethnic relief is kind of like at the forefront of yeah. of suicide awareness, and this yeah. is like really important. So yeah. was this is this like a recent thing that like um, the emphasis on like mental health and and suicide. No, so so Relief and I take some of that blame there is that Marshall the services have been we've been providing to the community has been like over a decade, right? Like mm -hmm. I, I wanna say that before Ikner Relief even had like its brand name, Ikner yeah. Relief, which was like I wanna say fifteen years ago, they've been providing services to the Muslim community for about fifty years. Yeah. But um they're so like it's <laughs> I'm not trying to humble brag here when it comes to Ikner Relief, but it's just the reality. They're so focused on doing genuine work for the community that they kind of struggle when it comes to promoting it, right? Mm -hmm. Which is like, you know, like, hey, we're doing this work. Yeah. And everyone has their niche, right? Some organizations do promotion very well, right? Yeah. They promote the heck out of like one event, you know, and it makes it sound like they're doing a lot of work, which is good because it raises awareness, right? Everyone yeah. plays their role. Ignite Relief is one of those few organizations that I'm proud to say likes to get their hands dirty. Like they're yeah. in the field, right? When the pandemic happened, when COVID-19 happened, I remember a lot of organizations, a lot of our partners were like, you know, we're just not going to, 
work with clients anymore. And I don't know if it was just bravery or just plain like stupidity, stupidity, like stupidity. You know, and it's, <laughs> I don't want to put it that harshly, but yeah. Ignorant Leaf decided we're going to still work with the community. Right. They, we, the community needs it more than ever. Like right. literally, my bosses are saying that to us, right? Yeah. And that's commendable, right? It's, it just shows like you know where your intentions are, yeah. and those intentions kind of flow into your work and like right. how you work. Mm-hmm. So the mental health services have been running across the country for a while now, um, but. A lot of community members didn't know about it. One, because we're a charity organization, so more privileged communities would not even expect that we're providing a service right, like this. Right. Because this kind of service is a privilege. Like even mm-hmm. in like in a I guess middle class society, not a lot of people can afford therapy because it's mad yeah. expensive. What are you yeah. gonna drop like two hundred bucks easily for a therapy session, right? Yeah. And most insurances don't even cover it. I think um, Hassan Minhaj had like an episode on this, right? Yeah. Who talked like he talks so much detail about like the challenges that people face. So imagine if you're underprivileged. And you know what else? Specifically for um, specifically for Muslim people, and I guess anyone who's like who who has like anyone who has a strong conviction in any one thing that is like the guiding principle for like anything they do. Like for Muslim people at most many Muslim people the guiding principle for what we do is like is to relate things back to our dean and even if you can find a therapist that's like mm-hmm. oh this works with my insurance this and that yeah it's hard to i'm sure that there any therapist could still like help you out um but i'm sure it's hard to some extent when a therapist is helping someone when that person has such a strong conviction in something and it almost goes over the therapist's head yeah you get what i'm saying no i absolutely agree and that's like it can relief i guess offers that avenue where like you can go to someone get professional help but then still like be on that same be on that same wavelength where like this is what's like really important so there is that there is that like issue that that conversation is continuously happening right that do you need to have a muslim therapist to receive therapy right like Mm -hmm. are you going to lose something if you go to a Mm non-muslim so that there's both sides of the argument, right? Like you would like to have someone who can understand your cultural issues, who can understand like your religious issues, right? Because they would be able to understand like the depth of it, yeah. right? Most therapists, not all, most therapists, an ideal therapist is basically trained to, if they're not even part of your culture, religion, whatever, mm-hmm. right? They're at the very least able to be empathetic and active listeners. So there be there it, it won't necessarily affect the therapeutic process. Yeah. However, there are going to be roadblocks. Like you don't want to be in a situation where while you're, while you're, you know, like having that therapeutic relationship with someone, you're in the therapy, right? Like you're in like what an hour session, you're 20 minutes in, but now you need to spend 10 minutes explaining a certain kind of practice or something like that. And then, like I said, ideally therapists should be able to have active listening skills, be able to be empathetic and understanding and respectful of people's differences. Right. But that's not, always the case there are therapists who do you know without realizing their biases get in the way and then they treat you a little differently or they say certain things that are maybe might be hurtful you know for someone who's practicing a certain religion or comes from a certain ethnic you know like certain demographics so yeah it can relief our therapists are all muslims so you know we make sure that that's that is a priority for us and we make sure that they receive training so that they're culturally competent when it comes to different cultures as well so and that doesn't become a problem for the most part. The the reason, so that had always been like, um, I remember like, you know, recently some of my friends, um, they, I was talking to one of them 
about potentially seeing a, a therapist, about them potentially seeing a therapist. And the question came up of like whether or not they should see um, a Muslim therapist. And like I, I like I had kind of been thinking about that for a little bit. And I recently I just started or I just finished the book, um, an audiobook, by the way. We talked about this on the audiobooks are sick. I love audiobooks. Mm -hmm. I highly recommend because mm -hmm. you could just like this place two weeks ago or a couple weeks ago was not nearly as clean as I was about to say it does look really right clean. Yeah. but audiobook in one year and you're cleaning and you don't even notice it. yeah anyways that's a side yeah. tangent but uh audible sponsors but yeah actually this was on apple books but apple we'll book that out audible, audible please what do we want audible or apple books so we'll just put both and then we'll like whichever one sponsors first we'll oh yeah, we'll, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah we promise yeah. um anyways <laughs> uh right the book audiobook so I was reading um, this book, I guess listening, and it's called, it's called No More Mr. Nice Guy. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, um, but it's, uh, now, the, apparently, like, a lot of people think that the book is for, like, a certain type of person, but any, any, like, the therapist that wrote it, uh, or is there, sometimes I get confused between psychiatrist and therapist, therapist, he's a therapist, he, um, he recommended it for like all men. He's like, any man can get some benefit from this. And I was reading the book and it was really good. And it was, it made me really introspective. But there were some parts of it, which. So he recommended that maybe in like when you're trying to do some healing in this sense or that sense, for example, I'll just, I'll just say what one chapter about was about one chapter was about um, sexual health. Mm. Now, as you can imagine, a non-Muslim might have different ideas about what sexual health looks like than a Muslim. Yeah. And so he was recommending, he was recommending like, you know, this type of masturbation or that type of yeah. masturbation. Now, of course, as Muslims, we have to look at that and be like, okay, maybe like the principle behind what he's saying is, is true and good. Mm. Um, but that maybe in, in our practice of how we heal ourselves and go through our own, you know, psychological journey is not the same as what he would recommend. Mm -hmm. So there is this like, what's it called? There's this, uh, this dichotomy. I don't know if that's the proper th word. There's this, there's this, what's the word I'm looking for here? There's a distinction yeah. uh, to be made sometimes between like what they're saying and like how yeah. we should interpret it. You really have to filter it out. The thing is that, and this is actually like, the 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 discipline of psychology in general right mm -hmm. um it's become very westernized right and not in a it's arguable if it's a bad thing or a good thing right there's a lot of like theories behind it because there's and even secular education in general has become very westernized um actually there's a book that i would highly recommend people to check out it's from uh Ustad Mikhail smith from Gollum. Mm -hmm. he he wrote a book called the heart and mind which basically talks about the prophetic emotional intelligence, but he takes an Eastern lens. And one of the first things that he talk, addresses is the is how the Western Western academia um, hijacked, uh, or not hijacked, but basically started taking over the narrative of what it means to what it means to like the spirit of the spiritual sciences, right? One of them being like psychology. Mm -hmm is like things that you cannot like substantially see yeah. right like you have to like you have to there's different ways of like measuring that so there there that that's one problem right which is like okay how do you how do you navigate through that how do you filter through that right yeah. 
Um, another thing is that it's also the, there's also the so one can argue that okay why wouldn't you want someone who's like who believes in the same things you believe in mm -hmm. likes the same things you like right mm -hmm. another problem is that a lot of people they don't necessarily they're not necessarily proud of being like muslim mm -hmm. right or being like from a certain ethnicity mm -hmm. and they would prefer someone who doesn't come from their or maybe they are but they struggle with certain things so like one of the things like a lot of my clients they, they struggle with pornography mm -hmm. now they're terrified about telling me that like you know i don't find that out in like the first session right. and then i want to clarify i'm not a therapist but i work with clients like on a regular basis when it comes to like helping them connect their resources like as a social worker mm -hmm. so when i work with them you know it's sometimes it comes the sexual health is becomes a topic and particularly when it, when it comes to men or male clients and pornography and pornography addiction masturbation stuff like that they're so embarrassed to talk about it, like mm -hmm. to the point where they just have cooped up and it's just like it's a double life that they're living. Now, and then when they hear, when they see like I respond normally to it, they're like, I would expect, I was expecting you to freak out or say like yeah. this is a haram and just call it a day. Yeah. And you know, like, why didn't you? Like, because I understand that this is something you're going through right. and we're going to talk about it. I'm not going to demonize you because of, you know, something you're struggling with. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm here to help you. I'm not here right. to bash you so that's something that you know like some people they just prefer not being with someone who has the same beliefs that beliefs that they do because they right. might feel that they're going to be judged or criticized because they're not meeting the ideal i don't pray five times a day right. i don't you know i listen to music um recreationally or whatever right i rec i use recreational drugs or something right. right um they want to go see a muslim therapist but they're like i shouldn't because i will be like i'll get that backlash Right. So that's just, it's, it's a weird place to navigate, right? It's there, one doesn't fit all, but I personally believe that as long as you're just able to filter out the good and just mm -hmm. leave the bad, right? And this, it, how you're able to do that is basically a lot of self-reflection, uh, reflection, right? Understanding what you believe, because most of us probably don't know that because we don't self-reflect, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, we're reactive, which is that when someone challenges our belief set, then we're like, oh, what is my belief? Why am I being intimidated by this? Or why am I being quote unquote triggered by this specific, yeah. you know, like narrative? And then that forces us to, you know, self-reflect and like, yeah. oh, I believe in this, that's why, right? Yeah. Or I don't believe in this, that's why. Right. So just being able to take the proactive approach, looking into what you believe in, right. being confident in that, and then slowly, slowly challenging it by exposing yourself to certain things. So like, for right. example, that book, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of good tips there, right? Yeah. And um, yes, people should be reading it. At the same time that they should be aware that, okay, you know, as a Muslim, I believe in certain things. Uh -huh. I, when I come from a certain cultural background, I believe and practice certain things. Right. And they don't, they might not go alongside with these certain practices or their right. certain, like, you know, advice. That doesn't mean that I'm going to completely boycott it. No. Right, exactly. I'm just going to, I'm going to take the good out of it, but just you know, with a grain of salt. Right, exactly. And mm -hmm. that's that's the approach that mm -hmm. I kind of take. Reading the book is, there's a lot of good yeah. to be learned from the book. And there's yeah. an immense amount of transformation it can inspire within a person. But you have to have the filter. And you have mm -hmm. to have, you have to ha have developed a filter, a strong enough filter. And you yeah. have to like, you have to like really work on that. Yeah. Um, like, actually, I, I was going to talk about like the this conversation of Islamic schools and public schools. Yeah. But, um, I just have a question. Go ahead. So, I just wanted to interject on the conversation we were just having and ask a somewhat personal question and see how you would handle it. But basically, in the line of work we do, 
Uh, you do. A lot of people come to you for advice and seeking help, right? But then I feel like the issue from at least what I'm seeing is sometimes you got there's like a distinction between what we think is good as Muslim people and what society would view as acceptable, right? And that a lot of Muslims have encounters with that problem. And I'm basically wondering how would you go go out to solve that problem per se? And then also how does it affect you mentally? Like, I know like people are going to come to you with different things and they might not always end up, they might not always end up deciding to do the thing that is better for them in through the, the, through the perspective of Islam, but they'll continue to do that anyway. And I'm sure that you've had to play your part in several of those situations. So does that affect you in any way? And things like that. So yeah, so I do have my own like moral compass, right? Like as a Muslim, as a human being, you know, like whatever my ideologies are, right? Like what makes me me. So let's say for example, someone comes come comes to me with a problem that is something that may be considered un-Islamic, right? Like we'll go into like premarital sexual relationships, right? <laughs> so it's one thing, like you know, for someone coming to me and saying that hey, I have someone who I'm dating, right? We just talk, we see at school. There's another thing when someone comes to me is like, I'm sexually active with someone, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And then um, like the concerns and challenges that come with that, right? So the, there's a few things that you have to consider when it comes to these situations. One is like what role you're playing, right? If as a therapist, which I'm, which I'm not in this case, right? Um, I take a different role, which is like, I have to work with the client when it comes to what is their desirable outcome and work with them to accomplish that, right? That's a very dumbed down way of saying it, but um, that's kind of like the summary there. But let's say a friend or someone who's a peer, someone from a community member, right? Who's like coming to me and is like, you know, I look up to you, I need advice, this is what I'm going through, right? I first had to differentiate myself from that conversation. Like what this person does, does not reflect on me in any way. Like that's something I have to remind myself, right? That's not about me. It's about them. Two is like, what is the reason why they're coming to me for? Like, if someone is coming to me and says that I'm sexually active and I want to stop, then obviously that aligns more towards my moral beliefs, right? Yeah. So I'm going to be like, great, let me help you there, yeah. right? But if someone says like, I'm sexually active and um, my parents found out and they're kicking me out, I don't know where to go. Can you help me? Uh, figure out a way to f work things out with my family. Mm -hmm. So the main issue here is what? That they want to work things out with their family, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But that 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 problem is there, right? Which yeah. is like they're sexually active. Do I address that? Well, if I'm their friend, obviously I can mm -hmm. say a lot more because right. I know that there is that trust. There's that, you know, there's a different dynamic. Right. But as someone who's coming, who who looks up to me or someone who's like coming for advice, mm -hmm. right? I have to be very careful of how I word it because at the end of the day, like I think I mentioned this before, but like a good teacher is someone who doesn't, you know, give the answers to people, right? Mm -hmm. I'm just supposed to provide the tools and um, like reframe the situation in a way that makes it easier for them to handle it. Right. So I'll work with them when it comes to addressing the issue, you know, the, the, the immediate issue. Mm -hmm. I may, depending on the situation, point out that by the way you shouldn't be doing this in the first place right, right? but it depends on what the there's a few things in that right which i'll go into in a little bit but it depends on one the relationship mm -hmm. i have with the person but then how i go about it when it comes to reframing it right so let's say in this case i'm telling the person the last thing i want to do is make this person feel like i'm judging them yeah. right because i'm in no means a person who has the authority to judge them right at the mm -hmm. end of the day we're all humans we all make mistakes right 
Um, and like you said, one thing that you mentioned earlier is that, you know, society accepts it, but, you know, Islam may not. Mm -hmm. So in this case, they might not even feel like they're making a mistake, mm -hmm. right? Like they probably think that what they're doing is completely right. Um, am I, in my way of helping them address like the conflict that they're dealing with, am I enabling the behavior? Mm -hmm. I would like to say no, right? It's two different things. I have to understand that, you know what I mean, I'm not living their life, right? So at the end of the day, I'm just doing the best I can to make sure that they're in a better place. Mm -hmm. Why? Because as human beings, we want to obviously help other people. Yeah. We want to make sure that we help them get to, you know, whatever their desirable outcome is, especially yeah. if it's co causing conflict, right? right? If a family is being broken because of issues like this, right? And this is a very, very, like, it's more common than what we would like to admit, right? Premarital sexual relationships, yeah. you know, being sexually active before marriage. Yeah. Um, it's more common in our community than we would like to admit, right? And um, it does affect families. But we'll, there's more extreme issues, such as, like, you know, I'm going to elope, and you're going to not do anything about Like, you know, mm. you're going to have to deal with it, right? Yeah. Like, for those of you who don't know what elope means, it's, like, basically getting married without... I don't know, man. Like, people... <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I, I'm just going to say a quick <laughs> sidebar. I was talking... I was talking to my friends the other day, and I used... I thought elope just meant get together. Oh, I yeah. I, yeah, I didn't realize there's a running away part. Yeah, yeah. Like, man, people are eloping left and right. And I'm, they're just like, who the hell? Yeah. <laughs> who the hell do you know that's eloping? Well, <laughs> it is true. People yeah. are eloping left and right, yeah. but it's not. Um, but yeah, it's it, it is like it is more extreme. Whenever I hear the word elope, I think of uh, like just like in a Bollywood film, like people like going off on a train and like. So like most, the, that's parents. the thing. So I, I actually like that you mentioned that a lot of people think like that mm -hmm. when they're in those situations, right? When you are going through something, especially when you think you're entitled to do it, right? You're only seeing it from your lens. What ends up happening though is that you're forgetting your parents and how mm -hmm. does that affect them? You're forgetting your siblings and you're forgetting everyone else, you know? Yeah. So you have a lot of people... They're just it's so romanticized. Yeah, it's very right? romanticized, right? And I'm just at, we're not even just talking about low here. We're talking about many things, right? We tend to we we tend to like only have a narrow vision of what what the consequences are going to be. So when it actually goes down and they're not ready for the consequences, that's when a lot of people are like, "Oh, what do I do now?" Yeah. Then they go to someone for advice when the damage has been done. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm all for people. I'm all for people. Um, pushing to do what they want to do, right? But I believe that there's a certain way of going about it. Um, yes, there's a less desirable way and a more in a, in a more desirable way. But ultimately, what has happened has happened, right? Now, it's a, the issue is like addressing these issues, um, what's going on right now. So just to like wind back to what we were talking about, in those, it's it's like the, the simple answer is like, yes, it's, 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 it does affect me, but I have to be very careful to who I'm working with and how I present it. Because the last thing I want to do, I have to first check my intentions too, right? Because mm -hmm. there are maybe times that I don't like to use this word very, like, I don't like to use this word, but it's like, it's a very general, general use term, like triggered, right? Mm -hmm. There may be certain situations and certain cases where someone is dealing with something and they're coming to me for help that I may get triggered, mm -hmm. right? But here's the problem there. Why you, say that you, you may get triggered? I might get triggered. So for example, let's say um, this is a real thing. This is something that bothers me mm -hmm. is like when a younger person is like bad mouthing someone who's older, mm. right? That bothers me a lot. I don't know why. Well, actually I do know why yeah. as now, right? But at the time when I used to face with the, face these things, I didn't know. And I'll be like, I would get like, I would get defensive and I'll be like, why are you doing that? Da, 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 right. 
Um, or like, for example, parents, a lot of parents, they like to like, you know, they come to me for advice early on in my journey of this, doing this kind of work. I couldn't relate to parents. Like mm-hmm. it just, I, it bothered me so much. That comes from like my personal life experiences. Right. Mm-hmm. But at the time I didn't know. So when a father comes to me and they're complaining about like their child, it bothers me. It bothered me so much to the point where I started blaming them. So you know what I was doing? Mm-hmm. I mean it about me without realizing mm-hmm. it. You get what I'm saying? And I'm just doing, I'm just, I just like shut them down, right? I'm not listening to them. I'm basically making it, I'm not helping them in any way. Right. And that's something you really want to avoid. I feel like a lot of people tend to do that when they're trying to help someone, right? And even because they don't, they, they're focused on, they're focused on the part that they don't like. Yeah. That's not what the person is coming to you for, right? The person's right. coming to you for this thing. They trust you and they trust your ability to provide a service. Right. If you cannot do it, you acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. They're like, hey, I'm sorry. This is, I think, above me or something that I yeah. cannot, I don't have the expertise to like address. I would recommend someone else. This is actually something that therapists tend to do. Mm-hmm. Is like, we all are human beings. There's certain things that affect us more than others, right? Yeah. Um, one of the things that we we used to talk about in school in my in my grad program was to identify what are thing what are certain demographics, right? Mm-hmm. That you just did not want to work with certain client mm-hmm. base, right? Some people were for some therapists or for some students, it was um, people who batter women. Like they were like, mm-hmm. I just can't. I can't help someone like that, right? Because yeah, they're like, I just don't feel for that person. So for other people, it's like rapists. For other people, it's like, you know, like LGBTQ community. For other people, it's like, you know, everyone has their own, like, whatever. But you need to, one, be aware of it. Two, understand where is it coming from. And then three, you know, just be honest. Can you work with a demographic like that or not, right? And you may be able to challenge yourself so you can grow and learn and become a better person. Or just absolutely not, you know what I mean? Because yeah. the big, what is the biggest, what is what is the main thing that's supposed to happen here? It's yeah. The person, their help, right. right? So if you're not able to provide it, humble yourself and just back away. Right. So there has been cases where I just I simply can't help yeah. someone, and but that that required a level of, um, I would like to say maturity that I didn't have early on in my career that I had to develop because it was affecting people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but years, it took years of like you know just self-reflection understanding right? right separating myself from the client which happens from time to time i see myself in the client mm-hmm. you know say i see myself in the friend or the person that i'm trying to help and then i kind of like go overboard which is it's very normal but you need to be aware of it i i, I want to come back to this but just yeah. a, a side tangent this mm-hmm. was actually one of the things i was going to mention earlier but you mentioned how like um one of the things you have to keep in mind is you're not trying to give this person the answer and they mm-hmm. also are not trying to um Maybe like they think they are to some degree, um, but I imagine they're not trying to go there to get an answer, but they're trying to become the person who comes to the answer. Yeah. Kind of. Right. And like, like, I guess that also comes into when you, when you're making, when you're transforming them into whoever they have to become to choose the right decision, you remove yourself from whatever choice they make if you want to like help them out the most, I would imagine. So, were you were you finished? No, yeah, yeah. So, one thing that we say as therapists is that we're not, we didn't do any of the hard work. The mm-hmm. client's the one who ultimately does all the hard work, right? right? Like, they're the ones who put all the effort in and everything like that. We're just showing them, you know, mm-hmm. like, how to go about it. Right. Um, so, yeah, you're, so, it's not, it's not, I want to say it's completely accurate to say that you completely remove yourself from the outcome, right? Mm-hmm. Because... Um, let's say for example, there's a suicidal client and then they end up committing suicide on your watch. Right. Yeah. Do you just be like, Oh, that's not my fault. 
Um, there's a fine line between, you know, understand it's a very, that's a very complicated, very heavy topic in itself, but you know, what do you do in those cases? Right. So it's not, it's not, it's not, I guess I want to be accurate to say, and if I did say that I retract that statement, which is that, you know, like you completely disassociate yourself, disassociate yourself from the outcome, but Mm -hmm. basically you're more so what you're trying to do is that trying to understand you're trying to make it about the client right Right, right. so you're making sure that you're not bringing your baggage Mm -hmm. you know your issues and putting it in there which a lot of people tend to do right and it requires it requires no one is just born with that yeah that's something you kind of fine-tune as you grow as a human being and in this case as a professional right um you really need to actively be aware of it and and that's something that it takes time the thing is that I think it's also really important that you share your story because like we were talking about earlier, now we can shift gears back to what we were talking about. Yeah. Earlier. What we were talking about earlier was, um, you know, before when we were talking about like um, when the Suicide Awareness Week thing happened and how we wanted to be familiar faces to people. It's really important yeah. that you share your story so that, yeah. you know, people can find comfort in their own stories through yeah your story when people hear when people hear me talk about my things so freely like i'm sure that when people watch this video and they hear some of that stuff they're like how is he so comfortable talking about it yeah it's not that like in my case i have a choice right like Mm -hmm. the community kind of found out so i either chose to either run away from it or own it it was the one of the biggest blessings in disguise right because i was more comfortable to talk about it Mm -hmm. And through that, I was able to, and it's not the best way to go about things. Like, you know, trauma bonding is not something that I any encourage. Trauma bonding is basically when you, you bond, it's a very yeah, yeah. dumbed down way as like bonding through your trauma. Yeah. It's not a healthy way to make friendships or anything. But um, one thing that I definitely, I definitely really appreciate. And like I said, so, you know, like I was mentioning, if there's one theme for everything, it's other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Literally everything that like happened it wasn't planned. Yeah. It wasn't like a scheme. It wasn't like nothing. And it just happened. You couldn't happened. expect it. And you couldn't, like, I, I feel like almost in any given situation that you were in, like right now, I'm like, I'm like, okay. I, it's it's I'm hard like, to process from you. Like, 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 I'm like, okay, tomorrow, like, this could happen, or this could happen, or this could happen. And then, like, none of those things happened. And it's like, all for every step in the way that of your story, it felt like, it was just something that... that out of left field, every time. So the thing left, is, yeah. so the most important thing that I, 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 that I really want people to know is that it didn't matter where life threw me in, I tried my best in it. Mm-hmm. And that's something that a lot of people, I've realized, don't do. Yeah. That they have a certain plan in their head and life doesn't go that way. Sure as heck for me, it didn't go that way either. Like I was hoping that I would have been in PhD program by now, right? Yeah. Like when I came to my goals, I'm not. I was hoping I had, would have had a videography business ready by now. I, I don't. Right, I would have hoped that, like, you know, this is me being a little bit more vulnerable here, but I, I would, I would have expected myself in a financial bracket by now. Right now mm-hmm. that I've, I'm out of grad school, or whatever, absolutely not. Um, but is that a reason for you to just like give up? Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, whatever life. So there's this, so there's this one saying that I really, I really like. I'm gonna kind of butcher it, but yeah. bear with me. It's basically called the Serenity Prayer. Have you heard of it? The Serenity mm-hmm. Prayer. It's a Stoic belief, and it's basically it says like God. Please give me the serenity or peace to understand what I cannot change and be like content with it, right? Mm-hmm. Please give me the courage to be able to change what I can. Mm-hmm. And please give me the wisdom to differentiate, the di- to figure out what the difference is, right? Yeah. 
And that's how that's what life is about. You know what I mean? So many, so many times human beings, right, people, because we're so results oriented, right? And we don't focus on the journey, we don't focus on the process, right? Mm-hmm. We find love, right? Yeah. We graduated, we got the job. These are all accomplishments. We don't look at we don't look at the process. The process is the accomplishment. What makes an accomplishment an accomplishment? What gives it value, right? What gives it value is the journey. How hard you yeah. work on it, it's not, right? It's not the destination. It's, it's the value, yeah, exactly. And we we tend to forget that. Why? Because our brains are wired this way. We need to train ourselves, right? This is why people go through like Navy SEAL training, all these things, right? Because it's not about like they're not fearless. They just get comfortable in that uncomfortable situation. Yeah. And journeys are uncomfortable. They're scary, you know? You just like, please give me what I want, you know? But yeah. sometimes that's not what's important. It's what you went through. Yeah. So, like, we, we tend to forget that, you know what I mean? Like, we're, we're so focused on things that we cannot control that we, we just let ourselves down. Like, we're like, oh, my God, you know? Like, if only this, if only that, if only this, right? And then we go to certain people to help us, like, you know, figure out that thing that we cannot control until mm-hmm. eventually life just humbles up, humbles us to the point where we realize, I just can't control this. Yeah. What am I going to do about it? What I can control is how I feel, how I behave, what I do today, what I do tomorrow. And that's something that I didn't do intentionally. Like, I wasn't mm-hmm. like this wise guru who was like, you know what? I know the answers of reality. I subconsciously did that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, you know, I failed in certain times and I, I, I succeed in certain times, right? Yeah. My, like in all, in all those years, yes, I failed classes. I have, you know, um, the people who, like I mentioned that I helped, there were many people, many people who I made their lives a lot harder, yeah. right? There were not, it wasn't just always sunshine and rainbows when it came to successes, right? Yeah. But what does the community see? What do people see? They only see the results. They don't see the journey, right? Yeah. We only look at, oh, this guy has, like, this guy is married or this person, you know, got their, they got their bachelor's or they got this job. They don't look at how hard it took you. You know, like that whole theory of, not the theory, that analogy of like the, the iceberg, right? We only look uh-huh. at the tip of the iceberg. Right, we yeah. don't look at like the big part of the below. Yeah. It's absolutely true. Absolutely. Yeah. 100% true. No one's going to look at how hard you work. No one's going to look at yeah. anything. No one's going to care, right? Ultimately, People are going to judge me based off of like these jobs that I'm applying for, for example, yeah, right? That I'm mentioning yeah. or like things that I'm doing, right? Yeah. If I, no one's going to look at, um, you know, like what I've gone through, right? Like, oh my God, this is yeah. incredible or ridiculous or like scary, right? Like mm-hmm. however way you want to take it. They're only going to look at what did you accomplish? Mm-hmm. I don't care who you are. What did you accomplish? Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like we shouldn't think like that. So don't get so, too obsessed with the, with the end result. And yeah. If you're so focused on the outcome, yeah. you're going to, you know what I mean? Like that's one of the reasons. And I still have to tell myself that yeah. like in some ways I'm like that too. Like working out is a big one for me. Mm-hmm. Working out is a big one for me. I'm always results oriented when it comes to working out because it's uncomfortable. Yeah. It's I'm pushing myself. Right. And I'm so busy looking at like results that when I don't get it, I don't. And especially, and I think one of the questions mm-hmm. you were asking me is like, the social media and stuff like that influence. Oh, I don't know yeah. if you want to go about that in a little bit, but yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like it is true. Those things have impacts on us. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a documentary on Netflix. I'm sure you've heard of it called the social dilemma. We, who, somebody, a I recent guest, no, a recent guest. Was, was it talk- Yusuf? Yusuf, it was Yusuf. Yeah. Yeah. So the social dilemma is very, it gives you insight to things that we already know, but most of us just, you know, choose to ignore it. Yeah. Is that, the reason why social media and all these things are killing the game is not because there's more money out there in the world. It's not because of like, you know, there there's this magic theory that they've invented. Yeah. They understand human psychology and they know how to manipulate it. Yeah. It's just like Maslow's theory, right? Like not not Maslow's theory. Um sorry. Uh, Pavlov, right? Yeah. When he talks yeah. about like, you know, the int- the you um the the, the 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 bell rings and yeah. the dog salivates, right? Yeah. We're a bunch of just 
advanced dogs that yeah. salivate every time we hear the ring yeah. Yeah. because we're we're conditioned to do that it's very it is very scary when you think about it right yeah. and that's what the social dilemma talks about but imagine now that that is your your psychology mm -hmm. and now take that away from the social media world and put that into your your real world yeah. put that into your relationships put that into your work put that into your self-development right yeah. That's it. We just want things immediately. We want things right. immediately. It's yeah. it's dopamine. Just like it's so contagious. We, we lose. We lose like sight. Intoxicating. Of, we lose like um, I guess like this. Uh, we lose the idea of the process. I saw this video a little while ago, and it changed the way that I worked out or did anything that was like hard. Uh, after that, it, cha it completely changed the way I looked at things. So every other video that I had seen was, you want to look like this, do this. And he was like, forget about that. Just focus on what you feel during the workout. Yeah. And just live in that moment and live in the process. Yeah. And feel it, like yeah. really feel it. Yeah. And like really come to be familiar with that. Really yeah. come to like it if you can. Yeah. And... Like if you're results oriented, there's a lot of results oriented people that work out and eventually they get to where they want to be. But like life also kind of sucks for them because they're like, they're working out and they hate every second of it. Not even that. Here's the thing, right? I had this conversation with a kid recently. So this kid comes up to me and he's like, Daniel, I am struggling to find meaning in life. Mm -hmm. And we were having this long conversation. Literally, he was just picking up something from my house and we ended up staying in front of the house for like two hours just talking. Uh -huh. And then he, we were talking about like working out and stuff. Yeah. He was like, man, like I've tasted the results because he used to be fit for a while, right? He was, he, he was, he was overweight. Yeah. He was very fit. And then yeah. he's now overweight again. Yeah. He's like, I know what it tastes like. And I want that again. I was like, yeah, but what happened after you tasted it? Yeah. He was like, why did you end up losing weight again? Like, that's what I asked him. Like, yeah. why did you end up losing weight again? Yeah. He was like, cause I, I couldn't go any further. He was like, I met my goal. Yeah. And he was like, and the, the other the other goals were just like not physically impossible for right. me. Yeah. I was like, that's why. Because you were so focused on your results, you know what I mean? Yeah. That everything else just became meaningless. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. You don't cherish it. This is another thing, right? Like, we'll go into video games. I love video games. And I, when I give talks, I usually use video games and anime as my analogy. Uh -huh. So I, I apologize for that ahead of time. But <laughs> no, in funny. video games, there's different. There's this new genre of video games that are coming out or they've been coming out now. And I hate it is in-game purchases, right? Oh. Basically, oh, yeah. Yeah. basically, it doesn't matter how skilled you are in a game. But if you can buy like this armor, this gun, right? You're gonna just yeah. be OP. Right? You play Hearthstone by any chance? What happened? You play Hearthstone by any chance? I don't. I don't. So here's the thing, though. Here's a problem with that. What happens when you buy all that gear? How much fun is the game then? It's not. It's not, right? You play. You get the hype for well, like it, being it's fun for like, for, like yeah, yeah, for a little while, right? You get what you want, but yeah. then it's over. You yeah. lose it. But then guess what? Imagine if you built your way throughout with your squad and you guys all struggled and lost yeah. together and whatever, and then finally got your way to the high up, you know, yeah. like the, 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 the top 100 percentile, right? Yeah. In ranking or even the first, right? How, how good is that going to feel? How good is that? Because you guys all experienced it together. Yeah. You guys were all focused. You put the hard work. The, yeah. the victory is much more sweeter, mm -hmm. right? Life is like that too. You remember really earlier when we were talking about like, you know, a good teacher doesn't give an, yeah. a, an answer, yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah. the solution. This is absolutely why. Right. What are you going to do with that knowledge? Think about it. This device is the most, like the biggest encyclopedia in the entire world. It has everything that you can want, yeah. right? 
and more, but we don't value it. Yeah. We don't maximize its potential. Why? Because we didn't work for it. We didn't yeah. walk to a, you know, like we, we genuinely didn't. You get what I'm saying? So it, what happens as a, what happens as a response to that? You know, like ungrateful people, yeah. no, no, ungrateful is probably a harsh word, but I hope you get what I'm trying to say by yeah, that. Yeah. Basically people who don't understand the value of what they have right. because they didn't work you know, like they didn't necessarily work for it, right? Mm -hmm. And that's something that I feel like in a privileged society, we need to learn to balance that out. We're living in a very superficial world, right? So, Go ahead. Yeah. No, continue what we're doing. Yeah. We're, we're living in a very superficial world, a world that's, you know, like designed to cater to this fake, you know, like this fake way that we live. Mm -hmm. And the way that we live and the way that we work and the way that we measure success and everything is all fake. It's not how the world has lived for many, many years. Yeah. But because of that, now we have these high over like, like these, these unrealistic um, versions of efficiency, accomplishments, standards, right? That just kills us inside, right? It's not human. It's not human. So, you know, now and, and, and we're mass producing it, which is the worst thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The standard is just across the board. So we have people with different kinds of skill sets and different kind of geniuses, right? Because mm -hmm. I believe that every person has a genius in them. Every person has potential for greatness. Why? Because you're breathing and you're living in this world. That's why. You know what I mean? If you look at statistics, it's very slow chance, very, 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 very low chance that you would have been able to come into this world and you were able to do that. We're all just a bunch of very lucky people in terms of statistics yeah. that are on this ground. But we don't realize that, right? And this world is making it, unfortunately, harder for people to see how special we are and what we're capable of right mm -hmm. um, because we have these unrealistic standards right for the majority of human 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 history a person can only influence up to or a person could humanly only interact with 150 people regularly right. now that's in the thousands if yes. not in the millions yeah you know what so, I'm I, so i was um the, you mentioned before like um social media and that's also like i assume what you're kind of getting at right now mm. um so one of the one of the things that you mentioned was kind of like you know getting this instant instant gratification you can call it from doing yeah uh, in-store purchases and that's a theme kind of in society yeah. right now is this yeah. instant gratification yeah. our one of our recent guests um idan he was talking about like uh, so so first we had youtube First, we had books, right? And that's where you like consume things. And yeah. then you have YouTube, it's like 10 minutes. And then you have like Instagram, which is like one minute, like gimme. And now you have TikTok, which is like six seconds. Do it now, give it to me right now, this instant or I'm scrolling. Yeah. And the reason, so I, I met, so I guess this is gonna segue into a different conversation is um, ADHD. Uh, now, this is something that's been really like, this is something that's been like really intriguing to me because I remember watching a documentary in high school that was like made by Scientologists or something oh, about like why it doesn't exist or something. It was it was like something like that, right? It was like why ADHD is like this like um, extremely exaggerated problem in like psychology right now. And I so obviously like you've been through quite a bit of schooling in psychology and. So like what, like what is, is ADHD like a real problem that we need to be like very cognizant of? And then also like something like TikTok being like six second, give me this now or scroll. How does that, how does that play into that? So do you know the, the correlation uh, 
rule, which is like causation is not causation. Yeah, yeah. So A B A plus B does not necessarily equal C, yeah. right? Yeah. So things like TikTok and things like Instagram and all the like instant gratification things may seem correlated with you know like the increase of ADHD and a few other diagnoses, but it doesn't necessarily cause it, right? So mm-hmm. I just want to I want to put that out there. When it comes to ADHD. ADHD is a combination of multiple symptoms, neuro- neurological as well as like, um, I guess, biological, right? Like mm-hmm. when it comes to impulses and then when it comes to how you think. Um, and it is a real thing. Like it's not like it's not a real thing. But... Do you think it's exaggerated? It's, I don't think it's... overdiagnosed. overdiagnosed. Right? Oh, so overdiagnosed... There's a difference of opinion on that. <laughs> <laughs> There's a difference of opinion on that, right? So I... I... Yeah, I'm in the camp that it is overdiagnosed. Okay. I'm in the camp that it is overdiagnosed, right? But of course, I'm welcome to any kind of any discussion from any professional, and I don't disagree. Like, I, I don't I don't want to discredit what other people believe, but I personally come to the opinion that, opinion that it is overdiagnosed. Now, but here's the thing: you have to also understand psychology in ter- in terms of practice, right? Mm-hmm. It's fairly new. Like, it's not it's not like a thousand years old. I right, guess right. you know, it's like it's it's fairly new. On top of that, the world that we're living in is a lot newer. Yeah. It's constantly growing. People who live 30 years, like people who experience, like who can remember 30 years ago yeah. or even 10 years ago will know that this world is a lot different, yeah. right? And even this year in particular is probably yeah. as the beginning of a new age of like another 10 years, right? God knows, maybe even five. And especially in the past like 50 years, technology has grown at an increasing rate. And, you know, obviously with that, a lot of like different things have mm-hmm. grown. So the reason why I'm mentioning all this is not to like give like a, I guess a social class, but to talk about like the different changes that have happened in terms of our standards of society, right? Mm-hmm. And in terms of our standards of behavior and performance. Yeah. With those changes have also, you know, like changes, I mean, um, certain categories i guess or certain like uh standards of human behavior Mm -hmm. have also been established right so there's that one problem which is like human beings are now performing in an extremely inhuman efficient rate right Mm -hmm. which is uh which is thanks to the improvement of computers and something else but it it puts not everyone is designed to work that work that you know like work like that um that's one Two, the problem is, is that the education has become standardized. The kinds of like tools that are, people are taught have become standardized. So everyone's expected to be able to do the same, mm-hmm. which is another problem. And then third, okay, all that is fine. But then when it comes to nurture, when it comes to social issues, when it comes to family issues, that is unequal. Mm-hmm. So we've equalized like the playing field when it comes to all the pros. Yeah. But when it comes to now creating this workforce or creating yeah. this new society we have extreme inequalities right. in terms of race in terms of gender in terms of like society right mm-hmm. in terms of financial right like the, like the middle class is decreasing now right like and it's becoming a large lower income like now our lower our low income standard is the same before inflation and it's been the same like from god knows how long like the theory the the formula right. that's being used to calculate it is so outdated right. and because of that now we've had to create like adjusted numbers that make people feel like you know you're making 50k with the family 50k with the family Mm -hmm. in new jersey and you're you're like you're you're you know you're you're like is am i am i poor am i not yeah you get what i'm saying like and that's sad because you know in new jersey 
to you, that's you, nothing you know, we're just for an individual. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like it's like it's so it's so um, so many factors that come into play when it comes to answering this question, right? So yes, it is overdiagnosed. But two, there aren't any alternatives at the moment when it comes to certain things. Right. So therapists, not therapists, but society is just really pressuring people to, you know, use a certain diagnosis. And I think that will change soon because this, the, edu- the, the field of psychology has been, it's like it hasn't been get the attention that it's getting now, it's yeah. never gotten before. So a lot of funding is going into it, right? People are in, people like, you know, like even in the professional world, EQ was a thing. Like 10 years ago, that wouldn't have been the thing. Like yeah. I want to go get her. I want a shark. I want someone yeah. who's aggressive. I don't care how rude he is. And, yeah. and I'm a, we're going to assume that they're a he because of like, you know, like yeah. social standards, right? But subhanAllah, like, you know, now, and this is what actually um, Saad Mikhail Smith uh, uh, talks about in his um, book is that the prophetic intelligences, intelligences, yeah. whatever that right. you know, like plural, yeah. um, they're they're being used in the professional world. Yeah, um, actually, we were talking um, in the the one episode where we kind of discussed mental health a little bit. Uh, one of the points I mentioned was there's um, there's this distinction made in people's heads between like masculinity and being in touch or in tune with your emotions and other people's yeah. emotions. Yeah. And what we see from the Prophet Sallallahu is like this, obviously he is the man of men. Like he was the man of men. He was, he had like an extremely masculine yeah. side to him, but then also yeah. he was extremely in touch with his, with his emotion. Yeah. And with his own emotion, with, with people around him. And we like, we count this from multiple yeah. So, um, what were we just talking about? Oh, yeah. That's ADHD. Um, I had another question. Yeah. Or not not so much a question, but more so like uh, a little... So what, what I've noticed is that right now to get prescribed Adderall, um, people are just like, oh, you want Adderall? Go get it prescribed. Like it seems like it's like really, really, really easy to get it. Yeah. Unfortunately, when can, this is like this is like a whole conspiracy that like, you know... It's like there's no way to prove it, but there you can see it. Like big pharma is just it's a conglomerate. They own everything. They make the money, right? Mm-hmm. So like when it comes to a lot of these drugs, there's a lot of side effects to them. Um, people who don't need them take them just to study, right? Which I find ridiculous. I remember I was an undergrad, and people would be wow, like taking them. And I've heard now that now it's actually gotten a lot worse compared to back oh, then. Yeah. Like back in the and day. How, I've never heard this. Before. Really? Yeah. Like there's, there's a lot. People joke around about it. They're like, yo, I just took a, I took an Adderall. Like it's just a normal thing. Yeah. And I'm like, what? It is in no way. There's no stigma. There's nothing. You it's just, a joke. You it's just like pop it, you study. And that's how it's become in our culture. And that's sad. That's sad it's that it's sad that people have been pushed to that extreme where they're like, you know what? This is the norm. You know, yeah. like, I need this to perform inhumanely, inhumanly, like, you know, yeah. optimal. Yeah. That's yeah. ridiculous. I mean, I, it, it's, well, I was going to say, you can continue. No, I was, was going to say, I haven't seen this necessarily with Adderall, but, like, besides that, I feel like that's, you see that for a whole bunch of things. People are like, I need my coffee to focus. Or I need to take this high energy to focus. Or I need, like, a quick. Yeah, but Adderall is another level, I would say. No, but like, I feel like it's the same another... concept of, like, you need to meet requirement just to do another thing but I think no one is setting so those de- boundaries except for yourself so dependency is something yeah. that so here's the thing 
substance abuse in general, right? Mm-hmm. Like something as something as minimal as like coffee, right? To something as extreme as Adderall mm-hmm. or like, you know, anything, any other drug that you mm-hmm. would think of. The, the, the reason why a lot of people do it is because they just don't like, and there's, it's so complicated. Like, I don't even want to like, like I, I'm, I'm really reluctant to say this because I don't want to oversimplify because it's not this simple, but there, this, there is some truth to what I'm about to say, right? Like, um, it's not an overall statement, but there is like, it is, it is a part of it that people just want to avoid feeling what they feel. Right. Um, in general. So like, for example, when you're feeling lazy, mm. it's part of life. You're mm. feeling lazy. Your body's probably telling you something, you know what I mean? But mm. we don't want to feel that because we have a paper that's due tonight. Yeah. Right. So we need that coffee. We need that whatever. Um, like I'll even argue video games. I, I love video games, but yeah. in moderation, right. It's very important. Yeah. You, you can't find joy and excitement in your current life, your your life. So you look for it in a virtual world. And yeah. I'll be the first to admit it that I enjoy that. You know what I mean? Like I enjoy saving the world, you know, being the very best that never was, you know, yeah. like all those kind of things. Um, it's great. It feels yeah. great. Um, why do you see why do you see a lot of boys that play play video games? Because, you know, like there's a sense of accomplishment. There's like it's designed in a way where you feel fulfilled. You're doing tasks, right? Yeah. That you're not necessarily able to do in the real world for whatever reason. And they're instant and they're quick and they feel good, right? When you beat that boss, why is it that we're willing to work 12 hours to beat that boss level yeah. versus like two hours to, you know, um, work on something that is not fun, right? Yeah. It all like, comes into play. I So many people who I know that take substances... You know, they, they, one thing that like a, a huge thing that I, I really, I, I laugh, I don't laugh. I internally like giggle, I guess. Right. Like a emotional giggle <laughs> that when I hear someone who says that, oh, you know, but weed keeps me, weed calms me down. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, die calms you <laughs> down. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's what it's supposed yeah. to do. But is you staying calm a good thing? Yeah. Like, yeah. don't you need to process that anger, that frustration, that sadness, so you can grow from it, yeah. You know, but we don't allow ourselves to process things. We've, we we distract ourselves. We've uh, we've gotten to to a point in society and a point, you know, considering the workload that many of us had, like you like you said before, an, an inhuman point. And so if we're if we have inhuman expectancies of ourselves, then we need to go out of the human. The, As the society, person. we need to change that. Like is, I don't think is we're this gonna fixable? last. Like, is there anything? That we can do, or we well, can just adapt and go with it. I think that adapting is the worst thing ever. Like I, I, I mean, you won't have a choice though. The reality yeah. is, like, if you don't, you're not gonna make money. You're not yeah. gonna have a family. Exactly. Like just so. stuff like that, right? But I think that it's very important. Like everything, any change you want to make, right? This is there's this quote that I think is from Rumi, but don't quote me. Or I think it was maybe Imam Ghazali. I don't remember who it was from, but I really like it. I learned it from someone who I really look up to. And I'm going to probably butcher it too. <laughs> I butcher quotes a lot, by the way. So so the quote is that when I was young, I wanted to change the world. Mm-hmm. When I was young and knowledgeable, like I wanted, to, I wanted to change the world. When I was old and wise, I wanted to change myself. Mm-hmm. So you can't change the world. Like that's just the reality of it, right? Like, but you may be able to change the world if you change yourself, yeah. right? Like you basically, and this is kind of like a Buddhistic thing, which is like, you know, our reality is very, it's very dependent on our perception of it, right? right? And whatever's internally there is going to externally be around you, right? right? And there is a lot of truth to that, to a certain extent, right? But I feel like, like to answer your question, right? Because I don't want to like drag that on, but um, yes, you are going to have to do what you need to do in order to survive. Sure, right? But at the same time, 
there are ways to go around about it if you just work on yourself, right? Yeah. Understand that, you know, yes, it'll be a harder journey for sure. Like, for example, when we're talking about my story, right? A lot of people told me, it's like, why didn't you just get into drugs or something? Because it was there. It was yeah. accessible. And a lot of my friends who actually, who I left from Texas, right? They, um, their parents also had like divorces and stuff. They mm. didn't go through everything I went through, but they, very similar stuff. Yeah. They're like potheads, you know, crackheads going through God knows what, left the family, just, you know, like completely left the dean. And, you know, I'm, I may have been like that too. I really hated Islam for a very long time. It took like certain people to get me back. Right. Yeah. Um, but, um, I had a choice to make. Was I going to feel, was that what I was feeling, you know? Or was I going to, you know, um, was I going to hide or run away? And a lot of people choose to run away. I don't blame them. I don't blame them at all. It's it's tempting for sure. The world yeah. is designed that way. You know, it is tempting. And in some ways, I am hiding. I scroll on social media. I play video games, right? Yeah. I do things that I preach not. I don't. I, like, I encourage people to play video games. I think yeah. it's amazing. I think it's it's really development, like developmentally yeah. good too. But in moderation, everything can be a tool or a weapon, right? And um, I feel like I feel like um, that you, as long as you, as long as you're cognizant, right, yeah. um, you'll be okay. Like for example, the social media, like the, that yeah. media, the, the the social dilemma, they talk about this. They're like, social media is a tool for good, but it's caused so many things. It potentially caused wars in some place, caused genocide in some place yeah. because of like you know, and like it, it affected elections and stuff like that. Yeah, the Russian troll. So, exactly. Yeah. So like, what do you do? Yeah, the piece of land or something. Yes, like, what do you do? And they, one of the things that they mention is that, like, even though that they know these things, they also fall in the trap of social media. Yeah. So one of the things that they do is what they try to do is just be cognizant. Do small, small things to just not feed into the bigger cycle. Yeah. And I feel like if enough people do that eventually, because we're going to get sick and tired. At a certain point, it's just not possible to keep going. And and, and everything in life, this is what the, the curse of life or the beauty of life or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Nothing in this world is linear. It always is ups and downs. Society is going up. You don't think it's gonna go down? I think we're already in the process of going down. Yeah. We're just not gonna we're just not seeing it now until like you know we see another up. Yeah. But you know what I mean? If we can just figure it out, if our you know, like our laws and everything are too behind because it's so new. But once like one thing I really liked about one of our one of our candidates in the past who unfortunately didn't make it was Andrew Yang, right? Yeah. I loved Andrew Yang. Um, I was never yeah, like politically active. One thing that he really liked about what he talked about was like the monetiz monetization of data, right? Exactly. Like the fact that, you know, these companies are making millions, if not billions of dollars off of your data. Why can't we have the rights of it and sell it? That could solve so much. Mm. But that, you know what it is? And, you know, I don't want to get political or anything, but as a human human behavior we're comfortable with how the system is working right now it's working so why not just let it work right but no that's not how it works we need to challenge the status quo we need to challenge it even if you know like some people and everything any ism yeah. that we've faced right yeah. human rights gender equality right all these yeah. different different things it was working for society but it at the expense of a certain demographic right yeah. This is affecting people. We just don't see it. It's hidden so cleverly, right? But it is affecting a lot of people, and we're just finding s temporary fixes for them, not right. an actual solution. I feel like that as our lawmakers get more educated in these things and, you know, these conversations actually go into the legal matters yeah. as well as, like, social standards, yeah. right? Um, and we just learn to become human once again. Yeah. I believe it that it will change. Yeah. Do you think it's trending that way? For sure. I think it is. It's just well, a matter of something yeah. big. We just need that spark. Yeah, there's also, like, so, 
Andrew Yang was a lot younger than everyone else, yeah. so he was more in touch with yeah. what kind of problems yeah. people are actually going through. And then yeah. you have, like, but he was, the fact that someone like him was able to even get as far as he did yeah. is a good sign. Yeah. Which means sure. that hopefully next year or the next time elections happen, you know, there'll be another person, maybe yeah, two or maybe three, maybe four, who God knows, right? Yeah. But the whole point is that we just don't give up, right? We're cognizant, we're aware. If we mindlessly just follow our reality for as it is, and we, like in, in general, just growth, having a growth mindset, just wanting to be better than the version of who you were yesterday, if you just continue to do that in more than one way, inshallah, inshallah, khair, at the very least, your small group of influence, you'll be able to change that. That's, and that's I, 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 I believe that firmly. And we see examples of that in yeah. our community. Yeah. People who the, the world doesn't know. Yeah. They don't know who these people are. But they're able but to make... Yeah, you guys know them. And, and, exactly. and you have power. You have total power. Well, you, have, you have power over yourself. You have power over your kids. And then it's like uh, the way that someone explained it to me. is like you work in these concentric circles. And we grow up and we're like... We grow up and we're just fed like... We have to change the world like... There's a lot of people I know who like, you know, make, uh, for example, this is like, they make like activism posts or so on, right? Trying to affect the global scale, but then like within themselves and within their families, they're not looking so deeply at problems that exist there. And I think that's kind of a trend is like, we kind of want to like change the whole world and we want to see the world become what we want it to be. But it starts in these like smaller concentric circles and you work out. It's messier when you're dealing with your own problems. Yeah, and in general right like so many people i know who like influence the community in certain yeah. ways they have they have a crazy nice crazy family life yeah. right and it usually stems from the fact that it's much scarier to handle your own problems why is it that one thing that we actually as therapists we're not allowed to do mm-hmm. is that we refrain from providing services to people who we know or who we have another relationship with. Why? Because it can be influenced and it can cause some major damage. One thing that a lot of people say is, why does a therapist need a therapist? Why does a doctor need a doctor? Technically, a doctor could diagnose themselves, right? But... Therapist and soprano. Like, it's literally needs... Like, you you literally need, like... It, you need someone who doesn't have any kind of attachment. Right. You know, it's it's an actually, yeah. So the same thing happens with, like, life, right? When you're, when you're someone who's, like, trying to change the world and everything like yeah. that... Um, it's so much easier to do that because it's so much easier to point fingers at yeah. someone else to be like, you need to change. I'm going to do that for you, right? Yeah. But then what's happening at home, right? I love like Plato's, I, I get a little philosophical. I love like philosophy. So mm-hmm. Plato has like this idea of the model government. And one of the things he talks about is like the family dynamic, right? Yeah. That yeah. that's very important. Yeah. And Islam too. You talk about that too. Like when you're coming, when it comes to like, you Just know, you like when we're giving, like donating and stuff like that, what are you supposed to do? One of the first things you're supposed to do is look inside your own household. Then your, fr- then your extended family, then your friends, then your community, yeah. then random people, yeah. Yeah. right? One of the pitches that we mentioned, we mentioned it can relief mm-hmm. is that it's, Charity begins at home. That's basically our slogan, right? Yeah. It's the sunnah of the prophet to basically support, you know what I mean, your own before you support others. And there's yeah. a reason, there's so much wisdom behind it that I'm so uneducated to not even fully, comp- to be able to fully comprehend. Mm-hmm. But 
you know, that it applies in our lives, right? Why is everyone so, like, for example, social media, right? Yeah. People are so quick to become advocates because yeah. that's like their little way of basically feeling like they're a part of something. Yeah. But yeah. what is the real change that they're making? Are they a part of their local school board? Are they volunteering at their local masjid or something like that? Are they engaged? Are they involved? And that's something that unfortunately, it's hard to do with the current society, like how society is yeah. like, you know, made, but it's your responsibility, so, it's your obligation. So recently, actually, I, I saw a lot of like, I'll see this stuff on Twitter, a bunch, I'll see this stuff on Instagram. People will go to family gatherings, people will go to such and such, and they will estrange themselves from their parents because, um, for example, on an important issue that they're particularly active about, yeah. um, their parents are like on the other side. And they'll yeah. write on Twitter, they'll write on Instagram, they're like, I don't stand for that, and they estrange themselves from their parents. And I think yeah. that's like, that in a nutshell is like kind of what's happening right now. And there's a lot of people, most people that I know encourage that type of behavior. Personally, I look at that and I'm like, I'm like, you're trying to change the world, but you're estranging yourself from your parents in the process of doing so. It's kind of like, the level one and level two that was required for you to go to level eight, you just completely ignored it. You broke off. At the end of the day, what's important to us, because we're not going to change the world, what's important to us is how the world or like how we change ourselves, like you were saying before, and how we can have that impact on our family. And if you're going to sacrifice something that you cannot do anything about, if you're going to sacrifice your the most important relationships to you, like I feel like that's a trend nowadays. Have you yeah. seen posts like this? Yeah, yeah, it's um, so I'm I'm. This might be a little, this might be controversial for me to say, mm-hmm. but I'm not a fan of cancel culture at all. Oh, yeah, no. So. It's not controversial. Yeah. yeah, I I hate it. I really don't like cancel culture. I've noticed that in a lot of things when it comes to any political, social, you know, like humanistic, whatever you want, even religious, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, I'm gonna disassociate yourself disassociate myself from you because we have different beliefs how are you going to challenge your thought process if you're going to this be like hey i don't like you anymore bye and how are you going to change theirs how are you going to change theirs you you talk about changing the world right you're going and you're complaining to a artificially created yeah purposely created group that is designed for you by these tools right that agree with everything you agree with right the suggestion friend list so everything like that these are people who believe in the same thing you do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're just encouraging yeah. yourself. It's just like, you know, like uh, the it's like, you know how like these, everyone makes fun of flat earthers. Why do those communities exist? Yeah. You know what I mean? They exist because they live in their own yeah. bubble. You're just a bunch of flat, earth, flat earthers to me. You know, when I think <laughs> like that, when I yeah. hear people talk like that, yeah, yeah. I'm like, you're just a flat earther. You're basically someone who doesn't want to listen to, you know, opposition. Now, here's the thing. Maybe... And, and in most cases, this is the case. I'm not saying this isn't the case. In most cases, the opposition is usually very evil in some cases, mm-hmm. very, you know, derogatory, whatever, right? Like, like yeah. if we talk about racism or something yeah. like that, some people, like, there's this trend that's going on right now. It's like, unfriend me if you believe that racism is not yeah. a problem and oh, stuff yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. right? I get that. Yeah. I get that. I wouldn't want to associate myself with someone who's like an outright racist, right? Yeah. I would not want to associate myself with someone like yeah. that. However, if I'm not going to, let's say, for example, like if that person's a family member, right? If that person's like, you know, someone who Islamically you have an obligation to be a part of and you're choosing to like just leave them. 
what 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 change did you make? What is that change yeah. that you were talking and, about? And you don't have you have change is not easy. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Ch- you have an obligation. Um, and now we're talking Islamically, but I truly believe that Islamic principles are like, if you dig deep enough, even as a secular person, you can find that Islamic principles, such as an obligation to your family, are applicable are, everywhere. Are applicable everywhere. Yeah. And you have, so now I'm talking as a Muslim. Now, the people that I see do this, Muslim people, like most, a lot of, a lot of the people on my social media, Muslim people, right? They'll, they'll be like, oh, I don't talk to this uncle, this aunt, this, sometimes their own parents. Sometimes I don't talk to my sibling because my sibling believes this and that. You don't have an obligation. Okay, you have an obligation to those people. And you have much less obligation to anyone else. Yeah. Now, that's not to say you should be complacent in like how you deal with them but it means you should not drop them to the curb but you should take some maybe it means you should take more care in in like how you approach them one of the things about being aware and educated is that like i forgot there was a there was a saying i don't i can't really remember right now but it's basically like it's the second part of ignorance is bliss right Mm -hmm. that basically the 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 people who are educated are the ones who are damned because they're the ones who are always going to be sad because they know the reality that's it's much harder to actually create change whatever And that's the reality of like, I guess, like people who are aware that some things are a problem, right? Is that it is extremely hard to get, you have to understand that there's like hundreds of thousands of reasons why someone is the way that they are. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Human beings are complex creatures and we have many, many reasons, not just one simple reason, yeah. not you shouting, you shouting at them to be like, hey, stop it, yeah. boop their head, right? Yeah. Like, boop. That's not it. Like, yeah. it there's a, it's much more complicated than that. And it's As a matter of fact, if you try to do that, they're going to be like, screw you, you exactly. don't know about me. Exactly. And then they're going to boop back. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's, it's, um, you need to, it's a long-term battle, right? Battle, but it's a battle worth fighting. Absolutely. It's a battle worth fighting. If you're not a, if you're able to like for example, we'll talk about something as simple as recycling. Yeah. If everyone was just aware of recycling, right? And they just like actively practice it and actively just like, you know, slap their child's hand when they drop like a wrapper on the floor yeah. or whatever. It's just like, hey, that stop that, right? And yeah. they're like, why? Why are you being such you know, why are you being so anal about that? Be like, oh no, it's like it's you do you know this is what it does yeah. being more cognizant about what kind of material you use yeah. hey instead of using shopping bags let's use totes instead right da, 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 da. yeah it's a lot harder but if we practice it you know what at the very least you know like associate it with a yeah. certain kind of like a rewarding outcome right yeah. but if everyone just did that if we all just focus on our own gr- groups and stuff like that yeah. you know we would be able to make change here's a problem though a lot of families right like in, in, yeah. in like just like how for example a lot Another thing is that, so we're, we're talking about one whole different thing, right? Mm-hmm. But another problem that I feel like a lot of people tend to forget is that ideals, like what America is right now, and I think what the world is right now, is just mm-hmm. a battle of ideals every single day, right? Those ideals are just associated with so many things, right? Mm-hmm. When it comes to like right-leaning people, they're focusing on tradition. They're focusing on family. They're focusing on, you know, like, um, like, uh, ethics, right? Like, uh, like uh, old school type things, right. right? Like chivalry and stuff, right? right? Which is good. Yeah. And ideals, this is great. This is good. As Muslims, yeah. we lean actually towards that, right? right. Um, and then we have like the left wingers, right? Which focus more on like rights, more on individualism. ideals, individualism, right? Yeah. Now, I see the truth in that too. That's yeah. good too. 
but there has to be a balance in everything. Yeah. And this is where I think that, like, I, I, is it a curse? Is it beauty? Mm. God knows. But Allah SWT has created this world for the way it is. And it was not supposed to be a heaven, right? Yeah. It was supposed to be a test that everything kind of just balances it out, right? right? It balances right. itself out somehow, some way. Just moderate, just everything in moderation, understanding, you know, the dip, the, yeah. the uniqueness of these conversations. But at the ver- at the, at the, at the bottom level, just having one, the respect of the person who's sitting on the table right next mm-hmm. to you, in front of you, right? Yeah. It's like giving them the decency, right. not demonizing them. They're a human being too. Right. Understanding, when you have like, we were talking about genuine conversations. Yeah. Why do we enjoy these three, four hour long conversations? Yeah. Because we're not just learning, we're just not listening to, we're not only listening to the story. Yeah. We're listening what made this person who they are. Mm-hmm. And we can, we, we love Connect that. With it. Right. Exactly, right? Why can't we do that when it comes to our politics? Right, exactly. And, and, um, what was I just about to say? Oh, but yeah, we don't, say. we don't, sorry, I'll cut you off. We don't, a lot of people don't want to do that because it's scarier to fight a human than it is to fight a monster. Exactly. Um, that, that actually, it's perfect that you said that. The, what I was going to say was, I don't know if any of you saw recently, do you guys know who Jocko Willink is? No. You ever heard of him? Okay, well, he's like an ex-Navy SEAL. He's been on like Joe Rogan a handful of times, but now he's just someone who has, he's just someone with like, he's like, he makes videos. He has like a podcast of his own. He's like he a motivational know. speaker. Yeah, he does. And people love him because he just has a lot of resolve and you can hear it when he talks and he has a lot of grit and resolve and you can yeah. hear it. And he was talking about how in uh, during World War One, uh, the English and the Germans, they were fighting trench warfare. You know, everybody hates each other and they really, they really, really didn't like each other. Um, maybe you guys have heard of the story on Christmas Eve. Yep, yep. On Christmas Eve. Yeah. And he said these two got together. The next day, you're killing, you're, you're shooting at people. You know their names now. You know their names. You just celebrated with them. You just They played soccer together. Everything changed for a while. If I remember correctly, the they made an agreement to not shoot at each other. Yeah. They had dinner together. They like yeah. apparently exchanged gifts or whatever. Like they genuinely like... Th- armies met up yeah and that's and and that just goes to show like like if well, because we're human exactly. we're human we're we're you know like we're so, we we're we're a, we're a creature we're creatures of community we're creatures of society we're creatures of like you know being a part of each other we're a part of this you know this this amazing network that was has created but you know what what we what we choose to do because it's much easier to kill. Like I said, it's yeah. much easier to kill a monster than it is to kill a human being. Absolutely. You want to demonize your and I've killed figuratively and yeah. like realistically, you demonize the heck out of the opposition, right? Yeah. Like no tolerance, no nothing. Yeah. You know, one of the things when it comes to like the whole no nonsense culture, yeah. one of the things I find it very interesting is that you're kind of just making it easy on yourself by saying mm-hmm. that I'm not going to deal with these people yeah. because yeah. what you're choosing to do is that you're choosing to ignore the fact that there is some ugliness in humans yeah. and it's okay. One of the things that I, I remember, I remember here this another quote, and I'm going to butcher also, it. You're choosing to ignore also that there's ugliness within you that they see. Exactly. Right. And there's this quote that I, I remember that that's again, I'm going to butcher. I probably don't, yeah. I'm probably gonna say really bad, but it's like the, the monsters that are under, it's not the monsters in our bed that we, 
uh, that we're, we should be afraid of. It's the monsters that we create, or all monsters mm-hmm. that are under the bed are the ones that we create. Mm-hmm. And Where like, is it from? I don't remember. I, I really, I, it was a very, it's a really nice quote. I wish I can give it justice. I don't, I'm not saying it properly, but I, I if we type it up, it'll probably pop up somewhere. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's real. Like all the monsters that mm-hmm. we've created are all man-made. Yeah. They're all, you know, like, I feel like humanity is wishing aliens, please come so we can all get together and fight it. You know, we can all unite under one yeah. banner because we are tired of just demonizing ourselves yeah. because we are now highly educated and sophisticated people that we know what we're doing. We're just in denial. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's that's what that's what it used to be yeah. once upon a time yeah. where you can have civil debates and uh, conversations about things that are extremely stupid yeah. to one person versus the other. Yeah. But it's it's not... It's a lot more complicated than that. Yeah. Just some people just don't know, and you can't blame them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the Edgar Allan Poe, the scariest monsters are the ones that live within our own souls. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's the one that's it. Yeah. But you know, it's so 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 true, man. Yeah. Like in everything, everything, every like, it's just it's just a theme. It's yeah. the bane of our existence. We're our own demise. You know, like yeah. we're just we're literally killing what gives us life. So right? we we. Um, we're talking right now about like the monsters we create are within ourselves. And you mentioned earlier about how uh, I'm going to segue into a different part of the conversation. And then maybe like we'll go on, we'll go on for a little bit more and then mm-hmm. we'll, we'll probably wrap it up soon. Awesome. Um, but something I wanted to talk about is, so before we talked about how it's really hard to look within yourself um, as opposed to looking outside to the exterior. So recently I picked up the book I was talking about earlier. That book was scary to read because it was like, well, it was scary to read. It's supposed to be scary to read for everyone, maybe on different levels. But um, there was this one chapter in particular that talked about very crucial development from age zero to like four or five, where, and this was written by a psychiatrist. So... He knew his stuff, basically. And he was like, in these very, very crucial years, a lot of things happen that will shape the rest of your life. And in the book, he basically was like, you, it's time for you to look in yourself. It's time for you to be honest about what happened during these years. And it's time for you to be honest about, you know, how that shaped the rest of your life. Now, I was looking at that and I was like, holy crap. Right. And this was just me reading the book. I can only imagine like if I was like talking to a therapist or something, I can only imagine it would have been like to the nth degree. And I think everybody to some degree can look at that and be like, holy crap. Like every single person, every single person needs to go through that holy crap moment to learn more about themselves. And maybe the holy crap moment that I went through wasn't enough of a holy Like maybe I still have some more like or I definitely still have a lot more delving to do but the reason I wanted to bring that up is because it became evident to me that any slip-ups by the parents very very early on like very early on have major consequences in the child's growth going into the rest of their lives right and this never occurred to me and just recently you had a baby boy yeah and you know, people always talk about difficulties when it comes to parenting. And I've always known parenting was like, you know, it's like it's a difficult thing. And I've always had that in the back of my head. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure you could you could go on yeah. a long time about that. And I've always kind of like, 
yeah, yeah, I get it. Parenting's difficult. You have to feed the baby. You wake up. The baby yeah. cries. Whatever. But now I read this book and I'm like, if you mess up, down the line that baby's gonna get that baby's gonna get screwed up if you're not very very careful. And so now I'm like, wow, this seems like an impossible task because the guy was the guy was uh, the guy that wrote the book is an audio book. I was listening to it and he was like, he was like, here are some things, here are like different situations that breed different types of difficulties for people. And I was looking at these different situations and I was looking at my own situation and I think everybody to some degree fits into one of those situations that could have messed them up. Like parents try really hard. There's a lot of really great parents, but no parent is perfect. Yeah, absolutely. And so now I was looking at these categories and I'm like, looking at some i'm thinking about some of my friends they do you remember do you remember some of the categories like what the terms were uh okay yeah so like was it something like detachment theory avoidance yeah so i i won't talk about um i won't talk about like like my own too in depth but let's say like okay here's one of the big ones that he wanted to hit on was and to some degree i think like everyone can feel this talked about this idea of toxic shame and how within the first couple of years, a baby thinks that it is the center of the universe and everything is everything that happens to the baby basically is as a result of what the baby is doing. So now if the baby becomes feels neglected or feels any sort of abandonment within those first couple of years, because to a baby, abandonment is essentially like, death like it's like the worst thing that could possibly happen neglect so now the baby experiences those things and the baby thinks that it's the baby's fault so that will cause now this is again within earlier years but later on it also have repercussions that will cause within those earlier years acting out to get attention when it doesn't make sense because it's not good attention but at least they're getting attention now and so they have this idea of toxic shame where the way that everyone else feels is due to their own actions and they are responsible for making people feel or like the way that people feel around them they're responsible for that yeah so there's so much research that's been done and still continuously continues to be done on development right Mm -hmm. there's different different stages there's so many different theories like we're not gonna i'm not gonna go into them but yes Early development can shape your entire life, especially if it goes by unnoticed. Yeah. In most cases, it does. Most people they don't go see a therapist. Mm-hmm. They don't. Um, they don't reflect on their behavior, yeah. right? Especially as men, right? For a very long time, our we were not even challenged when it comes to our emotional state, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's recently changed. But mm-hmm. for a very long time, we just did whatever the hell we wanted, and women and children kind of had to deal with the consequences of that. Mm-hmm. Um, Unless, you know, society had good leaders who challenged you and stuff like that, which mm-hmm. for a very long time of human history, there wasn't the case, right? Mm-hmm. Like in Hamdallah, in the time of Islam's peak, there was that, mm-hmm. right? Where scholarship, you know, taught adab and taught mm-hmm. certain, certain kinds of like things that challenged who you were for mm-hmm. a better version of yourself, right? That kind of like made up for all the, all the toxicity growing up. But that that died out a long time ago that's still there to a certain extent but it's not as mass it's not massively available unfortunately um so what so what do you recommend so like you challenge yourself and then you find you get your holy crap moments and you recognize that oh yeah this is affecting me 
as a kid and this is why I am who I am? Do you just accept it and roll with it? Or? Hell no. So what I always recommend to everyone, mm-hmm. and I don't even if you think you're like the most healthiest, well person emotionally, mm-hmm. is go see a therapist. Mm-hmm. Seeing a therapist should be a requirement in this world. Like, mm-hmm. it should be, like, a part of, like, you know, it's mandatory for you to see a therapist. Every six months, like, it's mandatory. Like, for a re- regularly, like, it's mandatory for you to see your doctor, kind of, right? Because therapy is not just, like, for people who have, like, major health issues. And our, our society really pushes that. Like, I know people who are, like, A performers. Like, everything they do is amazing. But they see therapists. It just, like... Yeah. I remember at a very young age, I was actually exposed to this by two celebrities. I forgot what their names were, but there were a couple that, like, you know, I just really thought they were adorable. And um, I, I'm weird like that. I, 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 I'm a huge, like, I'm a hopeless romantic. Mm. So when it comes to, like, couples that win, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you, you know, like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, like, I, uh, so I really, like, you know, so I saw these, I, they, they were on the Ellen show. And they were talking about, like, um, that they they're going to couples counseling mm-hmm. and people are like you know like do you have problems because you yeah. you show the world that you're very happy yeah. we're like we're actually very happy yeah. but we realized that we were only going to benefit from going to therapy because yeah. we were just going to add more tools to our toolbox yeah. and that's literally what it is man yeah you can you, there is nothing wrong with being the second the 2.0 version of yourself yeah why not anyone everyone should want to do that yeah. so the first thing of any kind of problem solving is identifying yeah. the problem and acknowledging that it's a problem. Yeah. That is already a step. You've already walked the journey. And, and I also I also want to say like the basically what you were saying is like even if you're good, there's still like space to get better. But then even the people that are good, like okay, like uh, as for myself, I didn't within myself like I I, I haven't noticed any like like we'll talk about like. Um, you know, people like very often will be like, oh, like such and such has like, you know, mommy issues, daddy issues, whatever. Right. And it'll yeah. be like um, people will point fingers at people and think that they're co- totally in the clear themselves mm-hmm. of like any any issues growing up. And like yeah. even myself, like I couldn't I, I didn't necessarily like, you know, there were always like everyone kind of has problems growing up and people face different things, but I never necessarily looked at myself and was like, there's something that needs to be addressed. Yeah. But when you are exposed to it, you're like, Oh, that did need to be addressed. The thing is that, so yeah, so that's absolutely true. A lot of people don't think that there's anything wrong with them, especially here's the thing. When your negative toxic emotions are in favor of what society wants you to be. For example, we'll talk Well, we we already just discussed it. But people who always want to help other people, yeah. who like want to save the world, that's a, in society that's encouraged. Mm-hmm. You want to be a part. You want to help and everything like that. But then these people avoid problems that are happening at home. Yeah. Why that's the case? It's mechan. It's a it's a coping yeah. mechanism. It's a way for you to avoid what's happening at home. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're feeling good about yourself because you're helping other people when your life at home is just a wreck. Right. Yeah. So many people. I can't even count how many people I know that are like that. Yeah. And they, they, half of them don't even know they're like that. Yeah. Like I remember, I was with a friend, and you know he was making some big moves in his life. I was super proud of him. Yeah. And I go home, and he's just shouting at his mom, yeah. and I was just like, "What was that?" Yeah. And like I, I didn't want to say anything to him, but I, I did because yeah. like I don't, like like I, I'm kind of like. I don't know my boundaries, unfortunately, yeah. sometimes when it comes to these things. Like, I'm like, man, you know, you can't just do that. He was like, oh, no, no, like, you know, like, that's our relationship, right? But the mother, like, I was chilling with them the whole day. The mother was miserable. 
she was just like quiet, you know, mute, like just barely spoke, was like so like, you know, and I realized I was like, they've created a dynamic that works for them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they're, but is it healthy? Mm-hmm. No, it's not. Yeah. And it needs to be addressed and it needs to be worked on. You need to challenge yourself to be better. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's the, that's the answer to your question. Like, you know, you don't just accept it. Once you know that there's a problem, you got to work on it. And there's yeah. tools out there that can help you. Right. Um, and that's something that like everyone has their thing. You will, you might not be able to identify it, but a professional will be able to. Mm-hmm. And most of the time it does stem from childhood experiences. Mm-hmm. So it's very little, little things, no matter how, like you might not even think it's traumatic at all. For example, you accidentally being locked in a bathroom when yeah. it was, you know, and like not being able to get out, yeah. that might shape your entire life. Yeah. And you might not have no idea. Things you don't even remember. Exactly. That's the biggest thing. Actually, most of the stuff that yeah. trauma, traumatize us as kids. We bury it. Yeah. We don't remember it. Yeah, you know. And, and so how do you deal with that as a as a like, up and coming parent that yeah, your child is like yeah, it's so like, it's like you you have to you have to like care for how do you deal with us for this, so many hours this tight yeah. rope and it's so like, yeah so, so it's a good question how am I here with you right now for so many hours <laughs> well you know I have a son and I have a wife right <laughs> so I'm definitely I'm I'm not claiming that I'm a guru in parenting at all, right? Like it's my first child and Mikhail, who's my son, is very aggressive. Like he's just an aggressive baby. He scratches everyone, he fights, he bites, he screams, he cries all the time. Mm. Right? Like I am not killing the parenting game at all, right? <laughs> but I've been messed up with the first. Yeah, exactly. That's what everyone tells me. They're like that's what that's what everyone tells me that, right? Like I was like, 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 he's gonna grow up and you know, this is online. <laughs> you're gonna grow up. <laughs> Was I really like that, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> so, but here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. I'm aware of it. Uh-huh. And I'm aware, like, I, I'm actively working on it, right? Mm-hmm. So the thing is that it is definitely draining. And it's definitely harder. And it's definitely, like, you know, unnecessarily harder, right? Mm-hmm. Like, for example, parents love to put their kids in front of the TV or in front of the phone. Why? Because it shuts them up. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, like, you don't understand that... 15 minutes of silence can literally save you from like, you know, at some points taking your own life. Like that's how bad it can get for some parents. Right. Um, Just think about it, especially if you're not prepared as a parent. Right. Like you it's it's why is parenting so hard? Parenting is not hard because you're feeding someone and cleaning them. Parenting is so hard because like in essence, you're you're now shifting your life ethos. Right. What your existence is. Yeah. From you to someone else. You know what I mean? Like you think, people think that like marriage is hard. Children is much harder because marriage, at least your wife, you know, is an able-bodied person. If you're not there, they're going to still survive. You get what I'm saying? And if if she's not there, hopefully you will survive too. If you're, you know, a a competent man that knows how to do things, right? (laughs) A lot of people can't, right? But in this world, you'll be fine. Like in this, in our current society, you'll be fine. But kids, on the other hand, they're not. They're gonna, they're gonna die, yeah. like point, point blank. You leave them for an hour, like you said, yeah. it will shape the rest of their life. Yeah. You know, so being cognizant of that, educating yourself, being aware, but then also being forgiving. Yeah. Because the thing is that no one is going to. If you're too busy, like tiptoeing, you're just gonna end up becoming a helicopter parent, and you're not going to let your child experience. Like one thing I do, which a lot of parents don't like that I do, is I let Mikhail fall. Mm-hmm. Like Mikhail is the most clumsiest baby I've ever seen. This mm-hmm. kid has knocked his head so many times. I feel like he's just gonna be bad at math just because. <laughs> and like if he doesn't, I'm like I'm sorry, man. Like 
I messed up once. Either I could have, either I could have like hold you every single time, yeah. and you were never going to learn, right? And you're just gonna be like afraid of every little thing. You know, I don't just let him fall down the stairs. You know, like, <laughs> but at the same time, like if he falls, like if he's running, like for example, this actually happened, right? Like we were outside, um, we were outside, like uh, on the road, right? Mm-hmm. There, we have a parking lot in front of my apartment. Mm-hmm. And we were just playing outside, and all the aunties are looking at us, like you know, our neighbors. There were a bunch of a bunch of like aunties, and you know, they're like, "Oh, Mickey, Mickey, Mickey," is like their nickname that they gave him. And he fell, yeah. like, and he didn't even just fall like flat down. He felt like dr- uh, dramatically, where it was like, just imagine like that background. Where it was like, oh. <laughs> like, like literally, slow literally slow motion. Yeah. He fell on his knees, and then he went <laughs> flat down, right? And I thought it was the most cutest thing, but then the sound I heard after, and what I saw after, was not cute terrified me my wife's gonna hear about it the first time today on this video <laughs> oh, no. is that he started bleeding from his lip right uh, i was like my son is bleeding <laughs> and i was like i was freaking out so i was like what am i going to do right now i was like that is my son uh-huh. he's going to see how i'm going to react even though he's a baby yeah. babies are the one thing that my professor used to say in undergrad was like babies are the best researchers because they're curious about everything, everything. and they learn about everything they yeah. don't make any un, like unconscious decisions yeah. whatever right so if he sees that i react a certain way he's going to want to do it. and that's what michael yeah. does michael like would purposely fall sometimes so he can get attention yeah. no you gotta have to fight that so what i did was while all the aunties like ran towards michael mm-hmm. right i like i kind of rushed i didn't mm-hmm. run i rushed i picked him up I was laughing at him. Be like, mm-hmm. wow, my brave boy. You know, he's so strong. And then just quickly wiped up his blood so my wife would not see it. <laughs> right? But he's bugging out. But here's the thing. If I was like, ooh, he would have continued to cry for like an hour. He only yeah, cried yeah. for like a minute. Yeah. He cried very loud, but he only cried for a minute. He gets hurt like much less and he cries a lot longer because of the people around him. Because and, and the the reaction that they have. Exactly. Like, and they, they're basing their reaction based off of you. Like, yeah. should I cry? You know, like yeah. am I gonna get a hug? You know, like yeah. um like they they determine, you know, like how should they react based off of parents too. Yeah. And one thing that someone was telling me, a parent like a parent was telling me that they feel the parents' energy. Mm-hmm. Now I'm a anxious tendon like I tend to be very anxious. Like I have yeah. very bad anxiety problems. So I'm always anxious, right? Yeah. So one of the things I've actually been very terrified about when it comes to being a dad is that it is something that like I did, one of the questions you were asking mm-hmm. me about like masculinity and mm-hmm. mental health, right? Is that I'm just trying to balance that out. I've been always a very like emotional guy. I've been very in tune with my emotions. I've been very honest about my emotions. Mm-hmm. But I, at a certain point, I realized that I've allowed myself to go on a little soft. Mm. being in tune with your emotions does not mean that you should be soft yeah. you should be soft natured yeah. but not to the point where you are being harmed because of it yeah. people shouldn't take advantage of you you shouldn't never allow anyone to take advantage mm-hmm. of you right and that's what the prophet was he was a balance of everything mm-hmm. he was soft when he needed to be he was kind when he was needed to be he was loving when he was needed to be right. but he was stern confident yeah. brave right things that people think that you can't have both but right. you can if you discipline yourself that right. is the struggle Omar al-Dilanhu was one of the harshest sahabas out there. Mm-hmm. But when he became Amir, he had to learn to be calm, yeah. right? Osman al-Dilanhu was like one of the most softest people, right? But when he became Khalifa, he had to learn to be yeah. confident and brave. It's something that you have to do. Yeah. When I became a parent, I had to cogn- I had to be aware of the fact that I tend to be 
I tend to be anxious. I tend mm-hmm. to freak out. I tend to like, you know, like, like internally, like mm-hmm. we were joking around about, I was like, yeah. um, uh, how can you hide it so well? Like I just learned, I've been living yeah, with yeah. my entire life, but now it's time for action. Yeah. Now I have a son who's looking at me. He's going to look up to me, right? Yeah. Something I didn't have. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's my responsibility that something greater than me, right. To be able to provide that for him. Yeah. I can choose to let myself go and just, you know, like freak out. Right. Which most parents do, yeah. or I can, and I can either take the other extreme, which is like, I'm going to be so particular. I'm going to read all these hundreds of books and then, you know, just be mindful of every little thing that the parent child is going to go through. Yeah. Right. And the process, not letting the child live their life. Yeah. Right. Or am I just going to be forgiving? Yes. Be cognizant aware educate yourself right but forgive yourself when you make mistakes it wasn't your attention and you shouldn't like you know beat yourself down about that that's something that i'm still actively learning yeah like i said i'm not acing the parental game right someone sees my kid with me like he will like they will be like uh i don't want to be a parent and i'm like yeah i feel you (laughs) you know like but at the same time I am privileged to have a certain kind of education that people don't have, right? That really does help me when it comes to parenting. And that probably, like, you having that education probably brings you to a point where even if you are doing, like, you know, better than most other parents, you still look at what you're doing and you're like, you're still more critical of yourself and you're like, oh, I'm not using the parenting game. Whereas someone who just doesn't have this this knowledge, this background is like, oh, I'm killing it right exactly. now. Exactly. So that's the thing, right? Because now that I'm, the fact that I'm aware that I'm mm-hmm. not, you know, doing it, I'm not parenting well, All right. right? All right, we're back. What are we talking about? Uh, we're talking about parents. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, I, I would say that having like the education does not necessarily mean that you're going to be a good parent. Like I definitely struggle being a parent. I was not prepared to be a parent. Um, and uh, I, every day is still a challenge for me, yeah. and um, I think that I think that that's okay. I think that's yeah. completely fine as long as you're willing to grow and learn, and you know, be honest about it, and not just lie to yourself and tell you yourself that you're doing a great job, yeah. and you know, like things are not necessarily yeah. like moving forward. And like, you're also you're in charge of the growth and development of another mm-hmm. person, but you're still also not by any means done yourself with your own growth and development this is actually a very important thing that you mentioned so a lot of parents and i really i think it's so tragic when i hear this from parents is that like i live my life for my kids or like you know you see so this is one thing that i think in particular they see parents like immigrant parents really struggle with is that they will just beat themselves up like left and right when it comes to everything, just so they can see their kids succeed. Mm-hmm. But what you don't understand, and I, f- I hope that our generation of parents mm-hmm. change that, is that one of the most healthiest things for a young person to see is life and light in your eyes as adults. And you don't see that in parents. You see them dying and decaying yeah. and just like, you know, finding joy through you, which is great. But then here's the, this is the problem with that is that Okay, so I'm just thinking about so many things at the same time. One thing I've noticed when it comes to a lot of parents, so one, as human beings, I think uh, a very important thing that happens in everyone's life is when you stop 
idealizing your parents and you realize they're just humans. There's yeah. usually yeah. like a, a, a point where yeah. you just realize that, oh, my parents are capable of doing stupid things or my parents do not know all the answers. I don't yeah. think it's even parents. It's just that when you realize that everyone has no idea what the hell yeah. they're doing. Yeah. They're just going But that's like a step around. further, right? Yeah, one, yeah. Of the, one of the first things that happen is that you're just like, oh, my... And like, you know, that's parents' like worst nightmares. Like when my son is more stronger than I am yeah. or when yeah. my when my son is taller than I am yeah. or when they no longer need me for help with homework or when they don't yeah. need me to drive them anymore yeah. or when they don't need a, you know, they don't need a, they don't need a hug from me anymore. Yeah. Like that's like, you know, like that's, I can, I can now see, I can only get a taste of how, how tragic that is, right? For a parent to go through. It's just something yeah. that I'm not ready for, when right? When my dad, when my dad, when my mom and dad had my oldest sister, I want to say they were my, maybe not my age, a little bit older. Bro, you put a baby in my hands right now. I, like, I have no clue. Bro, I had no clue either. So, like, I, so I was there when my son was being delivered, right? And I, the whole time during the pregnancy, I was freaking out about it. I was like, I'm going to be a terrible dad. I had this whole existential crisis, which mm -hmm. I was like, I've never had a father figure. I, I'm not a, like a sportsy person. I don't want my son to be a, like an indoor weeb like I am. Like I would like for him to be a weeb, but I'd like for him to be a healthy weeb. You know, like I would not want him to, you know, I knew he was a him. So that's what I'm saying. He, yeah. I'm not saying like if it was a she, same thing, you know, like not differentiating with gender. Um, But I was like, I really wanted, I really wanted my son to, I wanted to give my son the best I could. And I realized I wasn't the best. I was terrified. Mm -hmm. I, I, I didn't, I didn't feel comfortable holding newborns. I was just like, you know, like I just yeah. wasn't ready for this. Yeah. And, you know, I was really thinking about how am I going to behave when, you know, I'm seeing my wife in labor because like, I've heard all these horror stories of what men do, right? Yeah. People faint and all that. I know yeah. people who fainted. Yeah. So I was like, oh my God, how am I going to handle this? And when you're in that moment, you don't think about yourself. You're just like in the moment, you're just experiencing it. And I remember when my son was there with the nurses that were cleaning him up and the doctor was, you know, like taking care of my wife and, um, and the son and the nurse, I could hear him crying and, you know, there's blood everywhere. Obviously there's a lot of things that would like just freak me out in general, but I just like, I just zoned that out. Right. Mm -hmm. All I heard was like, my son crying mm -hmm. and uh, the do then the next thing I hear, which I wasn't an anticipating was like, daddy, why, dad, why don't you go hold your son? And I just realized he's talking to me. He's calling yeah. me dad. Like I'm a dad, you know what I mean? And I've never, God. and you know, look, with my weird relationship with my dad, right? Cause I haven't had a, you know, I haven't had a healthy relationship with my father for a very long time. I recently started developing some kind of conversation with him now, um, which has been very difficult to do, but you know, like with that and everything else and me not being the stereotypical man, right? Yeah. Not being macho, whatever, or dependable, which is a big thing for mm -hmm. me. Um, I was, I was all over the place and life, life didn't give me a choice. Like the nurses just came and they plopped them on me yeah. and I was just like, okay, well, yeah. that's that, right? right like, let's do this. Let's go. You're, yeah. Like I was exactly right. Like I was like, Hey, Mikhail, you you're my son and I'm your dad. You know, like, it's, nice yeah, like, I was, like, I was literally like, I'm sorry, this is what you get. Like, you know, these are your cards, but I hope that, I hope that you enjoy them. Right. Like, and that's something that was just like every day I questioned myself. Yeah. Is he enjoying those cards? Is he happy with, is he, is he proud with, you know, and to a certain point, I think about that with my wife too. I think about that with my siblings yeah. too. Am I, am I what they need? Am I what they want? Am I what, you know, like, and, yeah. 
Um, and I, I push myself to that standard all the time. So yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't ready at all. Yeah. It just like happened and I had to, I had to, you know, like some guys, they do get overwhelmed. They run women too. There's been many cases where after the bear, after the birth happens, just the parents were just like, I can't do it because it's, it, you don't understand. It's like, it becomes so real. It becomes so real. And it's, it's a long-term battle. It just doesn't stop. You know, it's the rest of your life, and it's about someone else. So, oh yeah, that, so that's what we're talking about. When parents, like they, they make the like children, a, they get like a new draft pick, and it's like the day before the season starts. They're like, oh, I guess we're doing this now. I yeah, that's so, what it feels exactly. Like. It and it does, but I it just, but it doesn't stop. It's like, it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. but it doesn't stop. It keeps yeah. going. All the bad and good, you're stuck with it, right? Yeah. Um, so parents, they tend to sacrifice their goals, their dreams, their accomplishments, right? In Clanad, what did what did Nagisa's parents did? And in Clanad, Nagisa, who is the the, the, the female yeah. protagonist, she she had health issues, mm-hmm. and her 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 parents were high like a level celebrities like Mm -hmm. actors and they were doing very well and their child almost died and they weren't there Mm -hmm. so they had this whole thing where they're like you know we're gonna sacrifice everything so they were making good money and everything to sacrifice that they opened up a family bakery the wife like the mother sucks at making food but the whole neighborhood like pretends to like it which is such a cute thing like every time the father kind of slips out she runs and starts crying and he like stuffs his face with bread he's like i love them and he runs after (laughs) right which i find to be the most cutest thing ever and i've strived to be like that with my wife and and what they what they do is that you know she's a tutor you know from time to time and nagisa can she finds out because she's trying to be an actor for a drama club and she finds out that her parents sacrificed their dreams and it has this whole like thing where to the point where she gets physical she gets sick again Mm -hmm. and you know they're like you know like what parent would not want to do that Mm -hmm. for their children you know what i mean like and that's something that I absolutely love at, 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 uh, with parents. However, at the same time, at the same time, Nagisa's parents found joy in that. They didn't just mm. stop, right? They continued to be who they were. Yeah. They lived their lives. Some parents, or actually most immigrant parents, mm. they sacrificed their entire being, yeah. their joy, their relationship with their spouse, with everything, just to you know, just to make sure that the their child is okay. What yeah. happens when your child leaves? You're gonna you know, like, yeah. does your life stop? You know, with, um, so this is like getting a, a little bit personal, but, yeah. um, so recently my dad, so my dad, um, you know, like everyone has differences with their parents, parents, you know, I, I've, I've always had like some differences with my dad, but you know, he's, it's been recently he, he's like, we've had a really beautiful relationship, I would say, where he just kind of like. It's like a man-to-man relationship, and I feel like I've reached that age, and I feel like at some point people reach that age where they can almost like kind of talk to their parents, like they're their peers, yeah. and like it's so it's it's really beautiful that I'm at that point where like my dad kind of talks to me like his friend, like dude. Recently, yeah. like I I just um, hold on, let me finish yeah. this point, and then uh, recently my I like bought my dad food. I never did that before. Like, I just, I bought, like, we went to some place. You bought him something. I bought him food. And we went to some place, and I pulled my card. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm like, Dad, don't worry about it. It's on me. Oh, He's like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I'm like, Dad, just let me get the food. And, and we, like, fought. And I've never, like, I've never had that. I've never had that little, like, who's paying for this fight with my dad before. And it was a great thing. But the point I was, I, I wanted to get at before was, I was on the phone with him recently 
And my whole life he's worked really hard. Really, 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 really hard. Worked his butt off to this day. Like I'm talking long, long, long weeks for his kids, for his family. And, and he, he did that so that we would... You know, of course, like nobody has like a struggleless life. Yeah. Um, but he worked really, really hard because he wanted to. He wanted to minimize the struggles we yeah. had. So yeah. recently, like um, as I'm as I'm here right now, you know, sometimes my dad calls me. And he's like, you know, I want you to be back home. Like, why are you, why are you going off and working and, and trying to pay rent when you could just come here? And I'm like, Dad, I love you. I love. I'm I'm grateful for everything you did for me. For me. But. Can you just give me the justice of having my own struggle? Yeah. Can you just allow can you just allow that? Because for throughout my whole life, what my dad thought was best for me, and I don't like I, I don't I don't hold this against him. Like at the end of the day he did what he thought was best yeah. for his kids and that yeah. involved reducing struggle down to a minimum. Yeah. And like you said before, a child needs to needs to see the struggle that their parents go through kind of and not run away from it but rather want to experience it themselves yeah another uh, one uh, actually you wanted to say something no, yeah i was gonna say like I, I was gonna ask you a question like do you think it's important for parents to be almost like friends with their you know children right so like growing up like i'm sure this is common for a lot of us and a lot of people out there but like i always saw like my dad as the as like the authority figure in the household like he'd always be like if i wanted something i'd ask my mom and if my mom was like she'd let me have it but then if she's mad at me she's like go ask your dad like mm. you'd have that dynamic right mm. like he's like the boss and you don't want to piss him off and you want to like you know yeah make everything good but like i i look i don't blame i don't blame blame them because again like i think the one of the biggest things i've come to terms with is like i've had a rocky relationship with like a lot of people not even just my parents but, like a lot of people but then what i said before like you realize that no one knows what the hell yeah. they're doing so you can't really blame them for the way they're acting it's just that they're all winging it along as they go so specifically for my parents like i always used to say that i'm always going to be like I'm gonna be my child's best friend, like no matter what. Like, yeah, I'm gonna make you're sure compensating that... for things that you didn't have. Mm. Yeah, but like, I'm gonna ask you, like, do you do you think that's reasonable or like? I don't, and I I recently I I for a very long time I actually believed that that was good mm -hmm. that you should be a friend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But your your children will have their friends. They need parents. They need parents, but what does it mean to be a parent? That's something that everyone has to decide. So a parent is not someone who demands respect. That is not a parent. A parent is someone who leads. A parent is someone who's there. A parent is someone who shows you how to be vulnerable, how to be strong, how to be brave. And how do they do it? With their own actions and then to talk to you. A parent is there who listens. A parent is not someone who's there who, uh, yes, challenges you, but not abuses you. And I'm not even talking about beating up. I'm talking about abusing you in the sense as like, you know, not listening to you. A parent knows when you're in pain and, you know, knows when it's the right time to um, interject, to say, to give you words of encouragement, right? And that's something that not every parent can do. You don't need your parents to be your friends. You need your parents to be a parent, a good parent, right? Because you will have your friends, right? But if your parents are someone who's going to be on your equal or below, they're not doing their job. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You can definitely have conversations where you're in some sense, you're peers to them, right? Because you are, you're growing up yeah. and it's good. It's a proud, it's a proud moment. Mm -hmm. The day, you know, like, 
you know, I can only imagine how that felt for your dad, right? Mm-hmm. It was definitely in one way scary, but then another way it probably felt good. He's like, I'm at that point now, right? And it's good. But he wouldn't feel that if he wasn't your parent. Yeah. You know, like if he was your friend, he wouldn't have felt that. Right. You know what I mean? Like it, we're we, children are a mana to parents, right? Mm-hmm. Like where it's a it's a it's a it's like a loan kind of like mm-hmm. where like you really got to take care of this thing. You know, it's not just a gift. Yeah. It goes back. So when you give when you when you give something back, you should give it back in a better condition, yeah. right? And um, that is something that every parent should strive for. However. There, so there's a lot of extremes, right? It's like, how do you really go about it? It's easier said than done, yes. But it's the battle that every parent needs to choose to play, uh, to fight every single day of their lives. And, you know, oh, we only pray that Al-Spantala, you know, at least makes us remotely as successful as, you know, how he wishes for us, right? Um, but when it comes to... I, I lost my train of thought. I was going to say something. I forgot what it was. But basically, yeah, I don't think that it's a good idea for children to be, I mean, for children to have their parents as um, as friends. It's interesting because the book mentions, the book that I'm reading or read, uh, the book mentions how a lot of um, developmental disorders are, happen because the parents, or usually one parent, is extremely close to the to the child and i guess to that's that's something that people may fall into when approaching parents yeah. with the yeah idea of with the mindset of let me be their best friend is is like one parent sometimes becomes like an emotional center for the kid yeah because the problem is is that our our parents especially in an immigrant community mm-hmm. they have a certain belief of what it means to be a parent mm-hmm. it's like i need to be strict i can't be you know, lovey-dovey with my child. Mm-hmm. I can't show emotion because that's a sign of weakness. Mm-hmm. But then you don't understand is that your children subconsciously say you're learning that. You know what I mean? And you're going to either choose one to like completely actively avoid it. Like, so for yeah. example, you'll notice a lot of parents who live in poverty when they, when children who live in poverty, when they grow up and they make money, they spoil their kids rotten because like, I don't want you to go through what I went through. Yeah. But you became who you are because of what you went through. Yeah. You know what I mean? But there's just, you. yes, you shouldn't, no one would want any harm on their children. I'm not saying to put your children in harm's way. Like the last thing I'm going to do is for character development, leave my child in that madrasa I went to yeah. or put them in a bad schooling environment or whatever, right? That's the last thing I'm going to do. However, I want to challenge my child. I want to put them, and that's something a friend cannot do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because what's going to happen is that you're going to be the bad guy yeah. for probably more than half their lives. Yeah. You know, you're going to be their bad guy. But, you know, are you... What are you? Are you the like? What is Batman Dark Knight's like saying? Is like he's not the hero yeah, that yeah, we, we want a need, uh, need right? Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. That's 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 exactly what parents are. You know what I mean? You're not gonna appreciate everything that your parents did for you until yeah. you one grow up and see it for yourself as an adult. Yeah. But then also when you become a parent yourself, right? Because you understand the challenges. Now at the same time, that doesn't that doesn't mean that they didn't make mistakes. And those mistakes they should also hold accountable. And that's another thing. I love my mom and I, you know, I do love my dad too. But at the, the last thing I ever want to do is to make them feel like, oh, I forgive you for all the mistakes you've done. I understand why you did them. I understand what you, you did what you needed to do. But I don't think it justified it. You know what I mean? And I'm going to hold you to that. And as your son, you know, like, I'm not going to treat you any differently. The last thing I want to do is disrespect you. But I'm going to make sure that I just don't do that to my kids. Because we should be better every single... There's... This is, there's, there's a lot of studies 
when it comes to this the generational trauma right mm -hmm. which is that like like the dumbed down version of it is like one of our ancestors a long time ago dealt with some kind of traumatic experience uh, and they just never coped with it properly and then they taught their kids that and they taught their kids that and now a whole society think it's normal mm -hmm. right like for example in Desi culture why is it normal to see a woman crying when they get married right like it's just like yeah. expected why you know what i mean like they're like sad down you, know, you should be having you should be having a great time this is a joyous moment right why is it that you know like oh, oh there's I've so many people, things i've seen people actually put a yeah they fake it <laughs> because it's like you know because they're happy but they don't want to show it yeah no you know like we have some practices in our culture and any culture i think can really relate to it right it's it's literally trauma that's just being reinforced, right? Yeah. It's become embedded in how we behave as parents, yeah. children, you know, whatever. Or it goes the opposite way, um, where like, uh, for example, you'll see something and then you'll you'll emulate that behavior, or you'll be like, oh, that's bad, so I'm gonna do the opposite. The exact opposite, you go, and you go the extreme. Yeah. Like I was saying, like when it comes to people who live privileged lives mm -hmm. and didn't, like you'll notice a lot of basketball players, like a lot of athletes in general, yeah. when they get money, they just they don't know what to do with it yeah. because they. You know, they didn't, they, it's, it's just when you have something, you just, yeah. if you don't have the tools to handle it, you're not going to handle it very well. It's normal. But, you know, like what the responsibility of our generation of people that who are going to be parents or who are parents is to educate yourself, be aware of your shortcomings, just, yeah. just be like with, without all the technical stuff, right? Just be who you wanted to be as a child, yeah. like what you wanted your parents to be, yeah. just be that yeah. while understanding why your parents did what they did. Yeah. That's also important. Have like, you know, like I, I, because if you just choose, I'm going to be everything my, I'm going to be everything my parents were not, yeah. you're going to also just become another evil. You know what exactly. I mean? Like you're not going to, you're not going to solve the problem. Everything in balance, everything in moderation. So the writer of the book, he said the opposite of crazy is crazy. Yeah, it is. Crazy is crazy. It's and, and and you know and that's something that like, I, when people say that oh you know I didn't I didn't live a traumatic a lifestyle or whatever or I didn't do this or whatever like that, but then I look at like they're they're like terrified to tell their parents where they are like they will lie to their parents or whatever or you know like they were just like you know I just no we don't just do that we don't do that with my dad like why not, like no we just don't do that it's just like a given. Now, here's another thing. There isn't one way to be a parent, right? Every mm -hmm. dynamic is different. Like, I'll just be honest about mine. It's probably, um, I, I'm probably like putting myself out there by doing this. But my wife and my dynamic is like very weird. Like, it's very different compared to stereotypical. Mm -hmm. I'm not the alpha male that runs the family, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I work together with my wife to get things done. Mm -hmm. And in some cases, like in most cases, 99% of the time, my wife is much scarier than I am as a person. And... I'm very comfortable with that. People are like, ah, she wears the pants in the house. I'm like, so what? You know what I mean? Like, what's wrong? But that's that's not necessarily true. But I, you know, I get why people assume that. Because, you know, as a man, stereotypically, you're supposed to be, you know, demanding respect. You're supposed to be whatever, 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 right? No. You're not supposed to be demanding respect. You need to earn it. You know what I mean? How do you earn it? Be a person that's deserving of respect. Mm -hmm. Be a person that's deserving of love. Being a person that's deserving of honor. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like you, be a person that your children will be proud to talk about. Not mm -hmm. someone who's going to be like, eh. And I'm not saying that you have to do like amazing things. Yeah. Just work on yourself. Yeah. Well, I've, I've looked at like some parents. So I, I look at like different, some of my friends, right? And how much some of them are doing so well as people. And then some people are just really struggling. And I, 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 I'm weird like this. I really like to look into like family dynamics and stuff and get into the bottom behind it, right? Mm -hmm. And I've noticed when it comes to a particular friend of mine, 
He's so confident who he is, but mashallah, mashallah, he's so religious at the same time. Mm-hmm. And he's, and I, I can't explain it, mashallah, he's just like everything that I want to see in a person. And I really looked, I was like, what's different between him and one, the other people who that are really killing the games, but they're not able to balance it properly, mm-hmm. and people like who are very struggling in terms of being emotionally well, yeah. such as myself, right? And I looked at the parents. The difference when it came to every single one of them was not privilege and all that, right? Privilege was definitely a factor. But both of his parents in particular were still students at the age of 55, 65 years old. Mm. These were people that still wanted to grow. They learned with the kids. They grew, they grew, they worked on themselves. They had goals, ambitions, desires. Yes, they took the longer road. One person that I like to mention, Sister Susie as well. I don't know if you know who she is. She's someone who's like in the, she's like... She's like a, she has an organization called the Cornerstone. They focus on refugee like services and a few other services, right? And she's not a therapist, but she's someone who's, she's like a communication specialist. So it's not therapy, but it's like, I guess, something similar to that. Now, in the, you know, like Sister Susie Smile, she recently posted that she just got her PhD. Sister Susie Smile has written multiple books, written multiple books. She has talked across the world, right? Mm-hmm. And she has her small nonprofit. But... She struggled for 21 years, mm-hmm. going through so many different things in her life that she's explained in her post. You can like check them out. You'll see it. She writes this whole thing. And so many naysayers, so many naysayers from her own advisors to her family to anyone else. Mm-hmm. And 21 years later, she got her PhD. Mm-hmm. You know what the world is going to look like? What is the world going to look at? Yeah. The world's not going to look at how long it took her. The world's going to look at she has a PhD. Yeah. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? And her kids are going to see that. You know what I mean? They they were in, like, just imagine just looking at your parents every day, waking up motivated to go to work, to grow, to develop, right? Yeah. Isn't that going to want to challenge you to do that? Absolutely. And and that's something, that light, that spark, right? Yeah. Like, imagine if you see your parents have that and you're just yeah. like, I want that. Yeah. It's not anything substantial. It's not a degree. It's not money. It's not fame. It's not a house. It's just working towards something. It's just working towards something, being better, growing. Because we... We stop growing when we die. You know, um, Omar when after he had become a Muslim, it took him to to memorize Surah Al-Baqarah. It took him twelve years. And when I when I heard this the first time, um, the the speaker Sheikh Shinawi. I don't know if you're yeah him, one of my favorite speakers of all time. But um, Sheikh Shanaim used to come to Amina all the time back in the day. Really? Like he used to like translate the talks in English he's, back in the day. He's so well spoken. Yeah, like, he, he like, is. A in English. Yeah. But um, the point to take from the fact that Amr spent twelve years on Surah Bakr was he kept at it. Like he went slow, but he kept at it, and he was constantly doing that. And we look at that, and we we like you can look at that and be like. Oh, it took him 12 years to memorize Surah Baqarah. And at the end, like, at the end of those 12 years, all he had was Surah Baqarah, whereas maybe other people within two or three years memorize the entire Quran. Exactly. You shouldn't look at it that way. Yeah. You should look at it as, you shouldn't look at it as the, the end result that he got. You should look at yeah. it as he stuck with it for 12 years. Yeah. And he did it. Yeah, he did it. He did it. And that's something that, you know what I mean? Like, we don't understand the value of that, right? When we were very results-oriented, like, I just want it to happen. Yeah. Kids are going to look at your journey. They're going to see you. They're going to see you working hard. They're going to see you want to wake up every day. They're going to want to see... Because no matter how much you lie to yourself, right? Kids can see through it. Yeah. If you're like, if you're like, yeah, we're happy. We're a good, happy yeah. family. 
You know, like, like no. Like your the kids, get out. Your kid, yeah, your kids know. They know. They sense the tension. They sense it. They know, like, they know when their parents are not happy. They know when they're going through fights. Mm-hmm. They know when these things are happening. Don't, yes, filter it out for sure. Mm-hmm. But don't, like, pretend like it doesn't exist. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's something that immigrant communities we really struggle with we we struggle with admitting that i was wrong um yes there's problems um it doesn't you making mistakes does not neglect does not like you know like uh devalue your accomplishments and your accomplishments do not hide your mistakes you know what i mean another thing that we a lot of people think is like oh if i admit i'm wrong that's it my kids are not going to look up to me really if you admit you're wrong you're teaching them a skill be humble You know what I mean? And that's something that it's very hard to teach an yeah. old dog. But you're also teaching them that that if there's something wrong with them, that's just being a human. That's exactly. not that doesn't, that doesn't mean that it's the end exactly. Of the world. And that's you know like and that's something that I wish that I just really wish that our parents did a better job doing. But I understand why they didn't. Yeah. But that's where the responsibility falls on our shoulders, right? Because yeah. every generation ideally is supposed to grow and be better. Yeah. Um, no one is saying to grow a bunch of pansies who are worried about every little thing yeah. and they get offended by every little thing. No, yeah. not at all. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is to be true to who you are and yeah. to want to grow and be better and to challenge yourself. Yeah. These are basic human things, right? And um, if you're able to just do that, it's not decent. If you really think about it, these are not amazing feats. Like these are just like, you know, normal human things. Mm-hmm. But if you're able to do it, yeah. what are the what are the influences that they'll have? Yeah. They're extraordinary. Like there's no there's no there's no value I can put on that. Yeah. So um thank you. Thank you for all that about, you know everything. Yeah, like all, all, all <laughs> everything. <stuff about laughs> parenting, I mean like We've hey, maybe maybe We'll apply those uh, within within a couple of years, inshallah. Inshallah, inshallah. Yeah. I don't want to say a couple of years. Like, like, let's say, let's, <laughs> when let's you're ready, when Al Smaldal believes that, that it's yeah. Yeah, when the best time. Inshallah. Um, but the, the so we'll end on this next topic. So something that we were just talking yeah. about is how, um, like you were talking about, especially in the parenting sense, how the desi culture has a desi culture and to some degree like um, tradition that. Actually, I, I don't even I don't even want to say that. I want to say like just stuff that our parents have carried. Everyone in general, um, it's it's caused some like difficulty in how they approach our generation, and basically like the way that they approach things, in a lot of senses, has just kind of has formed our own battles with like psychology, like growing up and stuff. So. One of the big things um, right now that I think young men go through is there's it's hard to make this distinction between like what am I trying to say here? Young men, are you talking about mental health? Right, right. Okay, yeah. So uh, yeah, just like blink there for a second. I'll just I'm just probably gonna cut that part out. Yeah. But um, right, mental health and masculinity. So young men these days uh and i've gone through this myself where like it's so there's a stigma with mental health in general and like approaching um or like getting the care that's needed but specifically i would say with regards to young men um who are going through like 
depressive tendencies or are in a really dark place or even has some suicidal tendencies, I think that there's like a statistic that's like um, men make X amount of suicides or men are like more likely to, to kill themselves because they just don't have like a proper outlet to look through for their mental health. So as far as like mental health and masculinity, I mentioned before how like the Prophet was someone who was like a very masculine man, didn't sacrifice this, this part of him, this aspect of him, was, was also very in touch with his, uh, with his emotions. So I guess I kind of wanted to ask you, this is like very open-ended about like how experiences you've had and cases, cases you've looked at doing your own work with young men and uh, how young men can approach their own mental health a little better. So, so mental health like definitely impacts like impacts different genders, like female and male, like mm-hmm. differently. Right. But that's, there's many reasons behind it. Like for example, suicide ideation which is basically the thoughts of having suicide on a long-term basis but not like actually acting upon it it's more prevalent in women but suicide committing suicide like actually taking your own life mm-hmm. is something that's more prevalent in men mm-hmm. um when it comes to when it comes to depressive tendencies females are more likely to go through that when it comes to aggression right men are more likely to str- struggle with that substance abuse is something that men are are more likely to struggle with right the reasons behind it, there's so many reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's neurological, biological, societal, right? Different, different reasons why it happens. Um, but when it comes to like, we're just focusing on men here. Male, like masculinity as a topic has been something that's been up for debate for a, for a while mm-hmm. now. And like, I hate to say, like, I'm sure this is not the answer you're looking for, but I don't know what the answer is when it comes to masculinity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that um, I myself like struggle with that because you know I didn't have a healthy male role model that was present in my life for a very long time, and um, when it, when people talk about toxic masculinity, I've experienced that firsthand. Mm-hmm. And for a while, I hated being a guy because I was like, I'm associated with you know like I look like my dad and I look like this, and mm-hmm. you know I pro- I hate myself for that, or you know like why are like why are people why are men abusers or whatever right mm-hmm. um now those were obviously my biases and i now know as an adult that women also you know are, d- there's domestic violence and also on the women's yeah. side and you know there's uh i basically been more learned i guess right in in this topic but i guess talking about my experiences with mental health as a man and then with people i know i've noticed that there's two extremes that are like more prevalent more than ever, mm-hmm. which is as a response to the current dialogues that are happening when it comes to what defining what masculinity is, mm-hmm. either people are too hyper when it comes to masculinity, right? Mm-hmm. Which is like completely being aware of every little thing and, you know, seeing certain traits as bad, mm-hmm. right? Which when there aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and then there's the other extreme, which is like as a response to people um, having the dialogue on masculinity, they're like, oh, um, you know what, this is all bogus and right. I'm just going to be gung-ho, like, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, like armpit scratching, you know, burping male, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, neither of those, like, ways are correct. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely not. When it comes to, like, when it comes to, like, masculine, first, 
so there's different conversations mm-hmm. we need to have and I don't want to take too much time because I know we're like ending the time we're kind mm-hmm. of like wrapping it up mm-hmm. but um there's a there's a there's obviously first a westernized and then Islamic context of what it yeah. means to be masculine yeah. right and the perfect example is the prophet because we oh, look sure. at the prophet uh, the prophet's tra- the prophetic tradition we look at you know his ways of behaving behaving with yeah. certain people and stuff like that now yes in the Islamic dynamic Right. There is like, you know, there's roles that each gender plays. Right. Each partner plays. Um, but that's meant to be a guide for sure. Right. It's not supposed to be like the end all be all. It's supposed to be mm-hmm. a guide. It's a reference point. What do you mm-hmm. do with references? You try to use your best to work with them. Right. Yeah. But at a certain point, if you run short, it's OK. It's OK yeah. as long as someone's getting hurt. Yeah. Um, that's at least my opinion. Right. Like it's not, it's, you know, I'm sure a scholar would disagree with me. Yeah. And I'm like, of course, I'm un- I admit that I'm uneducated in this topic. So I'm willing to learn on that. But when it comes to what we should be focusing more on is like, okay, um, what are the behaviors that the society is defining as toxic and really understanding like, okay, is it genuinely toxic or not? So for example, like um, stubbornness, right? Like mm-hmm. men tend to be people who are stubborn. Men tend to be aggressive, right? I watched this video when it comes to positive masculinity versus toxic masculinity. It's how we frame things. When you call something aggression, obviously it comes with a negative connotation to it, right? But why not just reword aggression to, um, like, uh, I think like assertiveness, assertiveness, right? right? Mm-hmm. Being, uh, being stubborn to being proactive or consistent, right? Mm-hmm. It's not. It's the, yeah, like yeah. these things, like you know, it were it it was these kinds of behaviors and ideals that created heroes, Mm -hmm. that created the economy, that created, you know, like, yeah, you know, like we could have, we could have lived without the wars and stuff that happened, you know, as a, as a, as a result. But the society, it would be hypocritical for any of us to say that um, the society we live in could, you know, like that, like we're not reaping the benefits of it. Yeah. Right. So what do what should men do now mm-hmm. that we know that okay certain behaviors are not encouraged and certain behaviors are I think that every human being has a is programmed to behave a certain way. Mm-hmm. So if you're programmed to if your natural tendency is someone to be, you know, like you're more aggressive versus someone who's more like compliant and passive, neither is wrong. It's only wrong when you're not able to when it starts affecting you and people around you yeah. negatively, right? I think that if you're an aggressive person, you could definitely use it as your strength yeah. and use it to your advantage, right? If yeah. you're aware of it. Mm-hmm. But then, you know what I mean? You also have to be aware that, okay, some people are not as aggressive. Yeah. And there's a way to talk to them, which the prophet understood, right? right? He, a lot of people don't do that. They're like, this is why I am. You got to deal with it. Yeah. When someone tells me that, I automatically know this person is not willing to grow. Mm-hmm. Because you think you're perfect who you are. No. Acknowledge. And this is something I had to do with my wife early on, right? In our relationship was I had to be open and honest about who I am, what my tendencies are, whether I liked it or not. And it was such a hard thing to do because I am I am a, an emotional guy, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not aggressive. I'm not like, uh, I, I'm, at least when it comes to other than gaming, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm aggressive in certain things. I'm stubborn in certain things, right? But I'm not like, you know, like, I'm not like, um, 
I'm not stubborn or whatever. Like I'm, I'm willing to listen or stuff like that. Yeah. But not only that, I'm, I'm very self-aware. I'm very critical of myself and stuff like that. I'm not like, I'm not like the guy who was like, I'll pay for everything. You know what I mean? I got my family. You stay back. I'll save you. I don't have the stereotypical broad shoulders that the family can hide behind and feel like I'm safe in this person's arms. Mm-hmm. I'm a skinny fat type guy, right? Like, like unfit guy that you know who you know just has a very light voice mm. is um not like you know does not demand a presence mm. you know when i come when i'm in a room people feel calm people don't feel like dependent like dependable mm. like you know what he's gonna make something happen mm. like no but i will listen to you mm. and i will let your guard down right mm. that's my strength it was very hard for me to get there though yeah. because our culture and our community encourage a certain kind of way and i've heard from many times from people it's like you're not going to get married mm-hmm. you're not going to you're not going to this you're not going to that because of who you are to a certain extent i see where they're coming from mm-hmm. because when push comes to shove you need to shove Mm-hmm. If someone is disrespecting your family, you stand up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Anyone, wife or husband, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Husband shouldn't be the only one doing it. As a human being, if someone's disrespecting someone you love, it's your your responsibility to stand up for that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I like, what I really like is in One Piece, it's an anime, then at the beginning of it, you see this guy, his name is Shanks. So Shanks is like this, you right. don't realize until later that Shanks is actually... Like three or four, so, like the, yeah. so, like what, so what people don't realize until way later in the show no is that spoilers. Shanks is actually one of... It's not a spoiler. Yeah. Like it's, just some, it's a known fact of the okay. universe that he's one of the four most strongest pirates in the world. But when he shows up, he's just this skinny guy that's like having a good time with all his friends, laughing, flirting with the bartender, yeah. playing with the kids, right? And this thug comes and this thug's flirt, yeah, yeah, yeah. this thug flirts with the girl. He's like, hey man, we're just having a blast. Let me just grab you a drink. And the guy like bullies him just and he lets it happen, yeah. right? The guy drop, drops, uh, like, uh, you know, like yeah. alcohol on him, whatever. And he's just there like laughing. He laughs. Yeah. Like the guy leaves and there's like this very serious atmosphere and Luffy's looking and Luffy's like, um, what is he going to do? And they all just they laugh. laugh. Yeah. But as soon as this guy touched Luffy yeah. and touched the girl, they killed Whoa. him. They killed yeah. him. Because, and they're pirates. It's a cartoon, by the way. So, like, you know, like, but not as that aggressive. But what happened there? Yeah. This guy had humility, but he also had honor, right? One of the things that I really like about, like, I guess, like, traditionalist people, right, is the whole idea of chivalry, the whole idea of honor, the whole idea of, like, you know, um, respect and stuff like that. But I feel like the reason why in today's society, especially in the more like the East Coast or like in the more liberal sense, right, that people just don't like is because of what we've associated those terms yeah. with. When it comes to respect, we think of a very like, you know, overly rude father that's like, yeah. I demand respect. You will not speak back to me. Yeah. That's not respect. That's not respect. Yeah. That's like total obedience to like a master, right? parents are not your your parents are not your police your parents are not your whatever right like and that's kind of the same thing applies to like men is like you know ego pride right all these other things yes these are things we should not have yeah these are things that but here's that this is another problem that i feel like the conversation when it comes to masculinity that men yes tend to have it's more prevalent in men but I think it's because of how society has been designed. But I feel like now in today's world, we're learning that this is something that are not just a, it's not a gender thing. It's a human thing. Both men and women have it. We just show it in different ways. Yeah. And we need to work on those things. Right. Pride and honor and respect and dutifulness and grit. 
These are not gender roles. Right. These are things that men and women should both have. There are roles that men, I believe, as a, as a Muslim, that, yeah, everyone has a role that they play. But do I believe that um, that's the end-all, be-all? No. Do I believe that, you know what I mean, um, you have to be, like, a macho guy to be, like, to be a good father? Absolutely not. I also don't believe that you have to be a pansy. Yeah. And that's the exact opposite of a macho guy, right? It was like someone who's like offended by every little thing. Absolutely not. Yeah. I think that there's a time and place for everything. You need to be aware of your emotions. You need to understand your tendencies, yeah. which is like if you're an aggressive tendon, if, te- if, if your tendencies uh, go towards the aggression side, yeah. right? Or like, the, or like the sad side or whatever, right? Yeah. That you're aware of them. You're aware of where they come and you're able to properly right. deal with them. And- so one of the things that that you mentioned just now was there's like uh there's like what's it called this dichotomy in a sense of like pansyism and like pansyism and what's like the other like machoism so um the the problem is like the problem like you said is, is that dichotomy and that it's like somewhere in the middle but more importantly so this is also i keep referencing this book but it just applies a lot yeah, to yeah. no of course but um what what the author of the book said is do whatever you want like you can like maybe some things you do are more like uh, you know traditionally masculine he does encourage um you know more so like you know being traditionally masculine he's like you know that that doesn't mean that you that doesn't mean that you can't cry exactly that you can't do so that's what another thing that people think is that if i am this way I can't be this way. It's a false dichotomy. Yeah, it's that's not true. And you can still be brave and be scared. Right. And what he said was the the difference he said he said I want you to change I want you to change into someone and basically this new person is still going to maybe do the same things but is going to do them out of sincere comfort in what they're doing and because they choose to do it right. The problem that we have is not the problem that we have like um, nowadays, like you mentioned, like like pansies, the problem with pansies to some degree is maybe that they're pansies. But the the, the deeper problem, as the author in the book kind of kind of describes, is that they're pansies because they think it will please other people. And they think that um, through being like through being like super, super, super sensitive, like, sensitive and, and soft yeah. that, that they are pleasing other people. He said, no, that's fine. You can be soft. You can be gentle. But do it because you think it's the right thing to do. Exactly. People yeah. behave certain ways because they know that there's a benefit to it, right? Exactly. In today's society, it is definitely encouraged to be more on the softer side than to be on the, you know, like on the harder side. But you cannot change who you are. Yeah. But you can definitely... Uh, you can definitely... Uh, uh, calibrate it right yeah. and that's something that's very important like i feel like trauma and you know negative experiences and not being able to be aware of your behavior and your emotions and what triggers you is is very um is something that really puts bad it puts a bad taste when it comes to certain emotions and certain ways to behave right yeah. you're you're justified to be angry when the situation allows you tells you to be angry yeah. you shouldn't be like ah, i'm fine no be angry yeah you know what i mean like someone just like for example maybe you don't kill someone yeah don't don't angry. kill someone yeah. but be angry like there's there's a lot of cases where for example and i don't like using the word pansy or uh macho right i'm just yeah. using them for this situation but let's say for we'll, we'll use it we'll call it what it is someone who let's say is not confident in their ability to be outspoken right they 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 don't they don't value their opinion yeah. those are tends to be people who are stereotyped as pansies right yeah. people who 
don't say what they want to say because they just don't value their opinion or they feel like it's not going to be heard, right? Mm. So like whatever, what's the best thing to do? Just stay quiet, let it be. So you'll see people like, for example, they're very timid. Yeah. People will push them around and stuff like that. No, that's not right. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? It's obviously an ideal situation. It would be nice if these people don't push you around, yeah. but the world has evil people. Right. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to you know, take your figurative sword and yeah. slay the demon? Yeah. Or are you going to just allow that to take over your life? Yeah. And that, but here's the thing, in the process of us trying to either do one or the other, we end up losing ourselves and people around us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's where, and it's all it comes into play, right? Mental health, you know, being aware of who you are yeah. and being confident in your heart. All yeah. these things come into play because the reality is, is that if you're not able to do all that, yeah. if you're not able to be one, be aware to, uh, of like who you are, what yeah. your tendencies are, and then work on them, yeah. you're not going to live your life. You're going to live as a response. You know what I mean? And people yeah. don't, at a certain point, People are going to get fed up. Yeah. Like, and, I don't want to deal with this anymore. And, you know, um, it's like, basically, if you go on either side of the extreme, sometimes we go on one side of the extreme because, um, like, for example, you, you mentioned how, like, um, culture kind of promotes, like, yeah. our culture right now promotes, like, maybe, um, you know, more soft, gentle people. So some people look at that and they're like, I got to go the opposite. They They try to, you know, they try to be like, really really like in a put on way like you can tell it's not it's not that person it's really put on it's a yeah. very surface like yeah. aggressiveness confidence yeah um but and they think that they're doing that and that it shows that they're not controlled by people but you're still controlled if you're doing something in direct response to, to someone else you're being controlled yeah like, i don't know if you guys know what this red pill community is I've, I've heard of it so. okay red pill there's something called MGTOW. men go their own way um, basically, it's a community of people who, um, who, like maybe had a bad experience with, with a woman or something, and now they're like, they're like, oh, like screw women, we're going our own way, and we're you gonna mean like incels? what incels? Uh, kind of. It's like it's like kind of they're similar in some ways, but different yeah. others. But they're like, oh, we're gonna focus on ourselves. We're gonna totally like. We're gonna disregard women, stuff like that. Bros before hoes, yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, and and like, there's obviously aspects of that which are like good, but like as an idea, they think that they're freeing themselves from women. But if you're so obsessed with being free from women, you're, you're not so freeing obsessed. yourself. Yeah, yeah exactly. From women. Irony, isn't it? Yeah, like, but you know, like Sohala, that's that's how a lot of us, like, we compensate for something, yeah, right? Yeah. And. Um, it all comes down to just how health, how internally sound you are as a yeah. person. I feel like one of the main reasons why the Prophet ﷺ was able to do stuff the way that he was able to do was because he had an inner peace that, you know, a lot of us as human beings just strive for for the, our entire lives. Yeah. Um, and you don't necessarily, like, get it, right? It's just something you build um, as you get older. Um, and that, like, just understanding the inside because that exposes outside mm -hmm. and your behaviors your thoughts your you know your responses mm -hmm. right um that's how you're going to like uh that's going to basically dictate your life like one thing that i remember reading somewhere it was like you want to look at people on how they handle their conflicts like how do they handle when things get rough mm -hmm. yeah. because basically no matter like um like i forgot what it was, it was like an analogy that they use that um when you shake a cup or something, like the coffee will spill or something oh, like that. This like, is, you know, yeah, I saw this. Obviously, like obviously, people will look put together all the time, but yeah. you want to see them when they're in their worst moments because yeah. that's what what's inside 
comes out. Yeah. It was Look like, at why'd, that. You, why'd you spill coffee? Because coffee was in the cup. Because if coffee wasn't in the cup, maybe I wouldn't spill water. That, that, I think. Kind of. Out. It's like, it's like, you know, like no matter how people, how, like it's easy to be well put together and show yeah. like how, how good you are as a person when things are going good. Yeah. It's when things are going bad that really counts. Right. And that's where the tests come. Yeah. That's where everything we're supposed to put to place is being challenged now that, okay, you're a Muslim or you're a human being, you were supposed to work on these things during your good moments. It's just like, you know, like people who, people who like learn to fight, like, you know, war is inevitable. It might eventually happen, but it's like, well, we need to be prepared just yeah. in case, you know, yeah. like being mentally for like, uh, stay, the idea of staying away from something that's allowed, but for self-discipline fasting, for example, mm -hmm. right? It's a big form of that. It's a lot to eat food, mm -hmm. right? But we choose to do that because we're trying to develop ourselves. Yeah. What happens when you're hungry? cranky you're angry you're frustrated a bad side of you comes out imagine if you can stay calm in that mm -hmm. inconvenient like inconvenient yeah. hurting time right like a hyperbolic yeah then chamber. when you're exactly mm -hmm. then when you're when you're in the real world you're outside the hyperbolic chamber mm -hmm. you're performing like level 9000 right yeah. like that's something that that's some it's a dragon ball z reference by the way <laughs> for people who don't know so that's not around so you know like that's something that i a it's, it's, I feel like man or woman needs to go through. Yeah. When it comes to the discussion of what is masculinity, yeah. I think that for Muslims, we should just look into the sunnah, we should look into our tradition, mm -hmm. and then dis use as a reference to define that. I'm not educated, and mm -hmm. I'm not educated in this enough to like actually give like a solid statement, mm -hmm. but that's how I'm choosing to live my life, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm choosing to be humble enough to know that I don't know you know the answer mm -hmm. i'm trying to figure out along the way as i go um and as society changes and our definition of what masculinity and femininity or whatever right it is i just want to be the best version of myself right mm -hmm. um and if that means that i have to go against my nature at times so be it for the betterment of to put myself in the better you know like like i said i'm not a very aggressive person for for actually a very long time in my life if someone made fun of me i just let it go mm -hmm. like i don't I don't hold it. Even now, sometimes, if someone has, like, for example, if my boss made fun of me or, like, put a sly, like, you know, a, a side comment, mm -hmm. I'm not going to confront them because mm -hmm. they, you know, there's a power struggle or whatever there, right? Like, mm -hmm. but why? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? If you're heroic or brave, whatever, you're going to call them out, yeah. right? But subhanAllah, if someone messes with my wife, I speak up. Like, I'm yeah, a different yeah. person, right? right? Maybe not to the extent that I should. You I want to push them, but I don't. But I figuratively push them, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I speak up like that's not cool you better watch what you're saying you know what yeah. i mean like there are consequences to your behavior and i'm going to challenge you on that right yeah. but, but that makes me extremely uncomfortable what's really funny my wife like we joke around about this all the time is that i'm the kind of person that if we go through a drive-thru mm -hmm. and they get my order wrong i will take it even if they miss an order like yeah. i've been in the case you know sad's restaurant in philadelphia yeah yeah i ordered their cheesesteak i heard it's really good yeah. and it cost like 20 bucks i think or something along those lines they right they forgot to give me the cheesesteak <sighs> I drove two hours to get there. I drove back, didn't care. I was like, whatever, it's okay. Why? Exactly, I right? Would, yeah. My wife, when she heard that, she said, why, right? My wife is the kind of person that if she asks for extra sauce and they forget, yeah. she will wait back in line yeah. and incon become an inconvenience to everyone else yeah, in the world. Yeah, yeah. But she's like, I want my sauce. If you pay yeah. for the sauce, you get the sauce. We don't even pay for it. It's still, we're making a big deal about yeah. it, right? Like, but, you know, so we're like very polar opposites like that. Mm -hmm. But we... The most important thing is we know that about ourselves. We're not in denial, right? And we choose to every day work on it. Because mm -hmm. I know that there's a lack in me and she knows there's a lack in her. We're human beings. We don't have all of our tools. 
but you know like i think that the whole gender like conversation it's irrelevant if you're not if you choose not to look at yourself and mm. you're like you know I, there's some lacking and there's some you know too much of something and i need to work on both right yeah for sure and and at the end of the day like working on both and then finding comfort in what you're doing and and doing what you do because you think it's the right thing to do and i think yeah. at the end of the day that's a great way to you know you know masculinity can mean a lot of abstract things but i think yeah. that it's very essence is do like you know being having convictions and following those convictions and knowing yeah. you know who you are yeah. and not shying away from that because if you're shying away from anything that's you know you can you can say that you know a man should shy away from his emotions maybe because that's what you've learned but it's not so manly at the end of the day to shy away from anything exactly right like the whole idea of like what it means like to be manly exactly you know like you're kind of it's it's ironic right yeah. like that what 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 masculinity apparently or like what toxic masculinity teaches yeah. right um it kind of just it goes against it right now there at the same time i do want to acknowledge I feel like I should because I, you know, I did talk a lot about how like we should focus on certain things. Mm -hmm. Toxic masculinity does exist. Like it does exist. There is a problem out there for a very long time. You know, like women have been discriminated against, whether by choice or by systematic, like whatever. Like you know, like it's it definitely has happened. Like mansplaining is a thing. I see it all the time, and I like laugh about it. Right, like the idea that you know a guy just explains everything to a woman. They won't do that to another guy, but they do it to women, mm -hmm. right? And it comes from the sense that you know, like I just want to. I, I I used to think I sometimes I think it's cute, like and it's weird that I think it's cute, but I think it's cute. It's like this person's trying to impress this person by saying mm -hmm. that you know, like hey, I know everything, like I'm dependable. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I know for the person who's listening to it, when they hear it from five different guys for the same day, <laughs> I saw this video that was like a joke. It was basically like someone mansplained a girl and then another coworker was like, oh my God, that person just mansplained you. Just in case you don't know what mansplaining is, then he explains mansplaining. And then the other, per the other guy comes in and explains what he's explaining of mansplaining. It's just so weird, but it's true. Like it, it does, mm. it does happen. But we just need to be more cognizant of that. And we just need to make sure that, you know, like at the end of the day, we're not one, you know, being like hypersensitive to certain right. things. But at the same time, just being like, okay, um, yeah, this is something that a person doesn't like. It's probably not right to do. You know, why am I doing this? What is my intention yeah. behind it? Right. I, one of the things that I like to, I like to practice, like be well, more intentional. So about. if I can just comment yeah, on that. So there's, um, I agree that there is. Um, you know, we, this is a shared space. This world is a shared space and yeah. we should be cognizant of, of what other people, you know, are, are feeling and going through. But then there's also a line that you don't want to cross, which is where you put your own, um, where you put your own, where you sacrifice your own self and where you sacrifice it, what, yeah, you, for sure. what you want to do and feel within you for sure. Um, because someone else's feelings might get in no no for sure so that's the thing you want to be you want to look at what your intentions are always right like i was about to mention that one thing i'm trying to i've been actively working on is what are my intentions when i say something mm -hmm. right like if my intentions is to put you down man or woman mm -hmm. i should shut up yeah like why why do i want to do that you know i really need to look into that, Can you check on that? and um and uh, there's a few other things too right like i i don't agree with I don't, I don't like apologists, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't like that. I don't like, like, 
And I've noticed that there's a lot of that nowadays. Men who are who become apologists of their gender. Like, I, I'm sorry for being, yeah. sorry for being a guy. You know what yeah. I mean? It's horrible. Yeah. And no, we acknowledge that there has been an injustice done on women in our society. Yes, but the solution is not to. And I don't think that. And not this, to be ashamed of yeah, you. I don't think that being a man is nothing to be ashamed. I don't think being a man is nothing to be ashamed of. It's, it's what you're born with. It's who you are. You should be proud of it, right? And just because, you know, majority of your group tends to do something does not necessarily mean that all are bad. But then these are the justifications that people use against racism. People are just like to, to justify racism, right? So it's just like being aware of like... You just need to act. It's so complicated. Like, I, again, right? I'm not that wise or educated to give a concrete answer here. But I personally think that we're just so focused on the nuances that we tend to forget the bigger picture. Mm. You know, if someone wants equality, they deserve equality. Like, why not? Why are you treated? Why are you treated inferior? Let's look into it. Let's work on it, right? Let's acknowledge where we messed up, right? Or what we could do better. But the last thing I'm going to do is put myself down in the process. Yeah. I admit where I make a mistake. Yeah. But I'm not apologizing for, you know, like who I am yeah. or whatever, like, right? And, and I think that's, I think that's where, like, that's where everything has gone. That's where a lot of these criticisms come up. And that's where, like, there's been a lot of pushback against um, kind of this idea of, like, for example, you mentioned, like, equality. So a lot of uh, guys, for example, um, let's say, for example, you want to, you want to fight for women's rights. That's not inherently a bad thing by some people have made that like a bad thing but it's not a bad thing but if you're fighting for women's rights to gain favor with women then it's a bad thing but if you're yeah. fighting for women's rights because you think it's the right thing to do yeah i think that i think that so all these like isms right that are yeah. out there like feminism for example yeah. or like all these th these movements and ideals they make absolute sense yeah. and in ideal world if we were living in the ideal world everyone i think no human being would go against that yeah. which is like no i support that yeah. i do not want i i mean we're all empathetic in nature to a certain point right we do not want a fellow human being who's a part of our our like you know species mm -hmm. to be hurt mm -hmm. but there's it's it's a lot more harder than that right it's a, a lot more difficult yeah. I think that I think that there's just gonna there has to be and it's gonna I think it's gonna happen for the rest of our lives like it's just a reality because you can never be 100% empathetic towards someone right it's going to be a continuous tug and pull mm -hmm. in terms of like what the, the with the ideals right yeah. and then it's a matter of like okay um where do we all fit yeah. surprisingly surprisingly majority of the human race falls in the middle yeah. But the voices are only heard at the top two extremes, right? Because that's what brings the ratings and brings the money and brings everything else. And they are actually the ones who speak the loudest yeah. for whatever reason, right? Um, I don't, I, I definitely, equality is such a hard, like it's such a nuanced conversation yeah, yeah. that is just like, why even, my thing when it comes to like people who are not educators or not, people who are not like researching this stuff mm -hmm. Stop focusing on, stop focusing about talking, like stop focusing about, and I think this is what a lot of our activism is going, is that we're focusing about these ideals and we're fighting about it. And because we're fighting for ideals, we don't want anything less, right? Mm -hmm. And just focus on yourself, yeah. focus on yourself. What can you do? What can you prevent yourself from doing? Right? Yeah. Maybe, maybe I do mansplain a lot, for example, right? Maybe I do spend too much time like, um, explaining everything to someone and someone doesn't like it. Okay. But know that I didn't mean any ill will by doing that, yeah. right? Um, and if a woman like if a woman like um, explains everything to me 
And if I didn't like it, if she continues to do it, same thing. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be the same thing. But if I think that I'm superior than a woman, then I have another thing coming. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, which there are a lot of, I think, men. But now in this in current day, there's a lot of women, too, who feel mm -hmm. that way. That we just are superior than the other yeah. thing. And what, you know, like, we were talking about compensation, right? Like, uh -huh. compensating for something. Yeah. yeah. It's over. That's what a lot of people do. Like, trauma, like, you know, like... <laughs> It's such a it's such a smile such a weird thing. Sorry, I just giggled. Is that weird? Like I I love talking about these things. I get weird about it. Like I, I, I can't believe I giggled on camera. <laughs> you feel like learning out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, so like you learn all this stuff. Yeah, and then not even learn, but like I see it and I experience yeah. it. Even if I'm not learned in it, I know that this is something that you know. Like I wish we talked about more in a more safer environment, yeah. right? Um, and I know that just the fact that we're talking about it, yeah. we're definitely going to get backlash and I'm completely fine with backlash, but my, my intentions are alhamdulillah. I know that my intentions are just learning and educating. Right. And I wish that that's what everyone understood that it's a, every single thing, every ideal that you're trying to fight for. Right. Actually, I wanted to mention Legend of Korra before, but mm -hmm. I think that now is an appropriate time to mention Legend of Korra. So for those of you, like, have both of you seen Legend of Korra? I haven't seen it, but I heard of it. So Legend of Korra. Each villain has an ideal that they fight for. Equality, um, freedom, and uh, I forgot what the other one was. And um, the spirit guy. What was spirit, the spirit I forgot guy? what the spirit guy was, right? Um, but they went to extremes. Like, in essence, their fights were not wrong. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, all of them wanted good things for their society. Yeah. But how they went about it was horrible. They took it too far. Mm -hmm. And that's something that, you know what I mean, like needs to be addressed. The The battle that's going on right now in our country and in the world is a battle of ideals. You know what I mean? Which is beautiful that we're at that point as a society. Mm -hmm. But I, this human, Allah subhanahu wa mentions that the world is imperfect. It mm -hmm. wasn't meant to be heaven. So it's ne you're never going to get it right. Why? Because we're in nature. We're flawed as human yeah. beings. We're flawed. We're not angels. We can't just do something absolutely the way it is. Yeah. And you don't just be okay with it. So I, I find comfort in that. Yeah. Knowing that we are the best we've ever been as a civilization. To a certain extent when it comes to some things. Yeah. And we're really lacking when it comes to other things. Mm -hmm. But we're human beings. So that's okay. Yeah. And we can just be good enough sometimes. Exactly. Um, I think uh, I think basically at the end of the day, people should just focus most on being a good human being. Focus on the humanity yeah. aspects of things. I think one of the big messages, big central messages of this whole podcast was focus on yourself. Like you can't really, can't do much for everyone, but you live your world. You see your world through your eyes. You can change circumstances. For you will make the change you want to see in the world Absolutely. if you make that change in yourself. Absolutely. So I think... I think that's that would be a good note to like end the podcast on. Um, and this was like a very fruitful conversation. Definitely, definitely. Um, and we really enjoyed having you on the podcast. This was like, I'm here. This was like an immense amount of fun. Uh, like, yeah. I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I like genuinely I had a great time too. enjoyed yeah. myself. Definitely. Um, and it's gonna be a long one, but I like we're gonna we're like split to it up. up. Yeah. We're gonna cut it up into different parts. And yeah, this was a lot of fun. Um, thank you for for coming on yeah definitely uh it's been an absolute pleasure and yeah like what, what else do we have to say? um we'll get all the episodes out uh, make sure to follow us on our socials and everything mm -hmm. right and yeah um 
next week. We'll be back with another episode. Hope you guys enjoyed. Yeah. Sure. yeah.